I don't think Miami's that good of a team. I think they just got super lucky last year. Steve Nash won two MVPs, doing the exact same theory Chris Paul's doing. John Morant's got to be top 10. Hey y'all, welcome to the Barbershop Quintet Podcast, the podcast where my guests and I debate our top five lists of current and past topics that are relevant for millennials like you. And who am I? My name is Tony Lee and I'll be the host for today's show. After we debate our top five lists and back up our standings, my guests will enter the buzz cut lightning round where they'll each have to quickly formulate a convincing buy and an argument on top five lists or topic of my choosing. Based on those arguments, I, the decider, will pick which answer resonates with me the most. Only catch is that each guest has a total of 50 seconds for their argument. Go over time or they can't finish the argument, they'll get penalized points, and I may give the oppositional guest the advantage. So for today, as of recording right now, okay. we are in the first few days of the playoffs. Play-ins are done. Playoffs are started for NBA basketball. Of course, that's what we're talking about. The year filled with trades, transactions, hirings and firings, you know, but big monumental ones, ones that went well, ones that didn't. Uh, we'll be splitting up this squad into two and two. So two people will be talking about the top five underwhelming or worst trades for the season. And the other two guests would be talking about the overachieving and the good, basically, trades for the season. But before that, let's uh, introduce the guests for today. First off, let me introduce one of my friends who I haven't seen for a while, actually. You heard on, on the All NBA Defensive Plays, a Playoffs All-Time podcast. What I have to say is that he's in my fantasy league, and this man had the opportunity to cash in all the money because he's a treasure to go buy NFTs, but he didn't, so he fucked up there. Could have not returned a single dime, and that would have been okay because we wouldn't have noticed until the very last day. Try finesse people the other day, even myself included. So it is what it is. But Tanoi Biswas, can you please introduce yourself and give us a teaser statement on your list? And whose side are you standing on today in terms of the trades, the good or the bad, basically? What's up, guys? My name is Tanoi Biswas. And like Tony mentioned, big fantasy sports guy, time uh, treasurer as well. You know, like to play around, keep the money, sometimes maybe buy an NFT, maybe not. But besides that big NBA fan, and I haven't been watching the league as much as I would like to this year, but my takes for today's podcast is more so for the loser side because we saw a lot of teams get blown up. Saw a lot of actual cores get blown up, but um, free agency moves are in Brooklyn, Cleveland. We'll talk about that a little bit. That's my area of focus today. I want to ask you, I want to double check this. This is off the record, though. Are you a Knicks fan? I am a Knicks fan. We, okay, we, went, so, over, okay. we okay. went over this last time. I remember okay, I was good. shout out on that podcast. But hey, man, lost change. <laughs> Cole, Cole was there. Yeah. Yeah. You handled it like a champion, and now look at you. Yeah. <laughs> Ready to get bounced in six games by the Atlanta Hawks. It's, 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 it's an upgrade, you know? It's... We'll see. We got, uh, no. we got experienced vets, you know? We got D-Rose yeah. for a reason. Got Todd Gibson for a reason. We'll see how it goes. I'll leave it at that. I, I, I will say this, though. For your list, I'm glad the rant... So how I decided who got to pick who was a random, like, wheel spinner. And if it landed on good for you, I swear all your five would all have been Knicks players, like or like Knicks front office, Knicks players, the coach. <laughs> well, Knicks are good, bro. Knicks are good this season. Nick Dolan, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I looked at your list. There's some deep cuts in here. Not gonna lie to you. You're you're pretty. You went pretty like 
10th man rotation on this shit. Like, we'll okay. definitely dive into that once we uh, discuss that. But yeah, um, right, thank cool. you for your time, Tanoy. And uh, we'll head on to our next guest here. Next guest on my list, one of my good friends here as well. We uh, kind of died. Uh, no, I'm not looking at you, Colm. Oh, thank um, God. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I was, I was, I was, I was. We, we kind of died throughout this whole season, you know? Kind of from the last podcast when we talked about the All-Stars break and uh, we were drinking. I think I, I became an alcoholic, not going to lie to you. It was a rough, it was a rough season for us. And uh, my friend, Mr. Colin Brownbridge, please tell us what side of the fence you're sitting on tonight and, uh, well, this evening. And, uh, yeah, give us a <clears throat> teaser statement. Yeah, I'm Colin. I was given the five worst trades or five worst transactions, I should say, of the NBA season. And as a bit of a, uh, I wouldn't say more than a bit of a spoiler, I'm just glad that Sawhill is here uh, because I had the chance to roast Tanoy the last time when he was on here at the Knicks. <laughs> and Sawhill is here and his team is the Rockets. And I'm just glad he's here. Um, it's, it's, I'll put it this way. This is going to be more of a, rather than a podcast it's more of a support group for you so this is your area to just kind of you know let it all out you can delve deeper into the trades that, that i talk about if you'd like but i'm glad you're here. It, in my opinion rockets are doing our rockets are on the path for a really bright future so it's patient like, right now right as in it's getting chucked <laughs> into the sun right no. like bright as in overcast it's like, overcast bro. like like right as in, they like, see like they see the light and they're going towards it kind of thing bright as in kpj is gonna be the next Harden. where's the wait i don't you're the one that's hosting right tony i can't kick sawhill out you're lucky sawhill you're lucky yeah but then if i kick him out then it really takes the enjoyment of you uh roasting on the rocket so that is <laughs> oh true and he doesn't have instagram anymore so i can't oh, like yeah <laughs> Oh, like over, and over and over and over again. <laughs> oh, exactly. It's but no, thank, thank you for your time today and your list, Colum. Um, yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> a roast on the rockets. <laughs> I look at the, it, I looked at the list clearly now. I was like, wow. Good God luck, good luck, Sahil. Good luck, Sahil. Bring those box of tissues out. I'm, I'm... gonna <laughs> fight back, Sahil. Tell us how the Celtics suck. Fight back, bro. They do. We'll get there. No, we'll get there. Don't worry. We'll get, we'll get there. <laughs> Don't worry. He's gonna Don't push worry. his ass. He's gonna be like, "Oh, you got the wrong Magic player this whole fucking time, <laughs> bro." Literally, literally, and I, I, I had them in fantasy too, so I know, I know how trash they are. Yeah, but yeah, um, no, but thank you, Cullum, and hopefully, hopefully, we talked about this too, but hopefully, you get the out of the OG crew. Andy's got the profit hat the first time. Going to my last guest here, he's he's got the profit hat now, based on the last podcast I ran through. And uh, that we recorded, and hopefully uh, the the luck goes to you that you got the profit hat after these uh, predictions that we're gonna make today. But um, thank you for your time, and hopefully uh, we'll see what uh, roastery comes out of this list of yours. So, going to my last guest here, I mean, the, again, as I mentioned, the profit hat has been tossed around. This man has made predictions like Knicks being fifth behind the Bucks and Philly, beating the Celtics, and the Nets at second. He was very specific to the dot, too. When I listened, I was like, wow, this is creepy, bro. Um, Giving an honorable mention. He was the only person who mentioned Jokic winning MVP. The man is winning the MVP this year. And, and he may have predicted 
or half-heartedly joked about the Wizards being in the playoffs. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm just going to just give it to him because, I mean, <laughs> um, but being, being the more outspoken of everyone giving their credit for their hot streak at that time, right? So, but nonetheless, Sahil Sajoy, you had the floor. You got the hot streak. You got the profit hat. Please introduce yourself. Give us a teaser statement on your list. And also, um, yeah, what side are you? What side of the trades are you sitting on today? Thank you, Tony, for a very appropriate introduction. <laughs> I feel like, you know, that, that, that has been very, you know, no one notices what I've been saying the whole season. I've been, I've been saying this the whole season to all my friends and no one's listening to me. So thank you for that. You know, so today I'm, I'm actually going to be talking about the top five best transactions. And I have, I have no order for my list because... In my opinion, they're all like really essential and they're actually really good. And yeah, I'm excited to talk about it. Okay. Okay. I looked at yeah. your list. Very solid list. Pretty. Uh, yeah. yeah, I would agree with yeah, almost like, every, all single one yeah. of them. Like, your honorable mentions, however, yo, there's a Homer pick in there. I can't, I, I can't give yeah. it to you, bro. <laughs> I can't give it to you. <laughs> um, we'll talk about that later, though. But yeah, yeah. thank you for your time today, Saho. And uh, yeah, thank I you. can't wait to uh, see you get roasted today because your hat's uh, going to we'll be taken see. and much more. Got your hat. Um, <laughs> we'll see. Me, the host, you don't need an introduction from me. But I guess from my list here, I stand on the good side. So, the, of course, the last person here, I stand on the good trades of the season. A few coaches and front office transactions here for sure and um especially one where it's definitely gonna boost boost the fuck of one of my guests team today so take it as an w because you might take it as an l um for the buzz cut line round depending on your answer so this might be the only w you're walking away with today we'll see you'll see who i mean um when i bring up my list here but before we do that um let's go through the random number generator where we decide who gets to go first so from number from one to 25, let's start off with the first guest I introduced here today, Tanoi. What's your pick between one to 25, please? Number eight. Number eight. Okay. Kobe. Column. Please don't say 25. For Mikhail Bridges. Had some solid minutes today. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all that needs to be said. <laughs> he's, had, so he's had solid minutes for the last uh, year and a half, eh? Hey, listen. Showed up at the playoffs. That's what it counts. <laughs> so eight and twenty-five. Sahil, what you got? I'll I'll do for pandemic P number thirteen. Pandemic P. Okay. So my boy. Eight, twenty-five, and thirteen. And again, I'm the host, so I'll go last. Right now, it's saying number three. We're gonna spin at three, two. Well, not only it's gonna be a triple P's today because you got the pandemic profit hat. Uh, pandemic profit P today. He gets to go first. No, that's it. Is, is standing? Oh, is he standing? Is he walking? That's away? it. What a cocky. That's it. Almost left. Almost left. Tanoi, you got second because you chose eight, and then um, column your third, and then I'll go last. So that's good. We'll end it off with a good note. So, um, <laughs> Sahil, give me your top five best transactions for the season. Awesome. So, um, like I said, there's no really order for me. <clears throat> so first. Doc Rivers and Curry and Green to Philly. In my opinion, really, really good trade. CP3 to Suns. Another one, really, really good. Harden to the Nets. Harden, like I I said this last podcast too, Harden, if they win, he will be the finals MVP. And he should also be in MVP talks if he didn't get injured. 
Number four, Westbrook to Wizards. You know, I, I remember when this trade happened. I remember thinking, man, like, John Wall and Westbrook are literally the same player. It's, it's like trading a broken wrench for a broken hammer or some shit, you know? But now this has proved that, you know, like, Westbrook is actually a proven, like, proven winner compared to John Wall, still injured to this day, right? And last, dibs to the Knicks, you know? In my opinion, very, very, very smart coaching, you know? They're doing amazing Knicks, right? That, that's, that's, that's my top five. Should I mention my honorable, my honorable mentions right now? Just, you know, toss uh, it out. Yeah, if you have any. Yeah, toss it out. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'll, I'll toss it out, you know. So, one, you know, KPJ and Olenek to Rockets, <laughs> in my opinion, is... You see, I know a hot take, I know, but in my opinion, it's a really, really good trade. Just for the value they got for both players. Mm-hmm. Um, D-Rose to Knicks. Another really good, good one. And, yeah, that's pretty much it for now. Well, you had Rondo in the clips there, too. Oh, oh right. Thank you. I, I don't know why... Run into Clips. That's also mm-hmm. a very, very good trade in my opinion. I think that's what Clippers needed. Well, yeah. Thank you for your time and your list today. Thank you. K- KPJ and Olenek. Have you heard of players who, you know, are stat stuffers and who are really great on bad teams? Okay. I, I know. I agree. You know, like, but in my opinion, like, if you watch Olenek play, he is, in my opinion, doing a lot better than he was in Miami. You know, Oh, yeah. No, he was. He was. But, you know, you know, he, he, he's defending really well against centers. He's putting up numbers like crazy. KPJ, I agree, he is stat padding a little bit right now. But like I said, he has to get in the groove. You know, he's still young. He just came from the G League, right? He's still a young player. Lots of time to improve. But like he has a lot of potential assist-wise and playmaking and everything, right? I think he'll do good. Okay. Does anyone have thoughts on Sahil's list? Don't, don't roast yeah. me in that too hard. <laughs> so his top five, just to recap again, was Rivers and Curry and Green to Philly. Yeah. Uh, CP3 to the Suns, Westbrook to the Wizards, Harden to the Nets, and Thibs to Knicks. Were you a little bit excited when John Wall came to Houston? Like, for the first few games, did you think, like, John... No, no, this is serious. Like, do you think, like, the John Wall-Harden pairing would have been better than Westbrook and Harden ever had? If they were happy. I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> no. I guess I he was coming off of so. two years, two years, right? Yeah. John Wall? The there, there's nothing like to like prove that he'll be better right in my opinion so i, I didn't have much hope for that mm. yeah sure. um with doc rivers how much of that team do you think really has improved with doc rivers or do you think it's more so just daryl Morey bringing the right pieces they already knew how to play with each other they just have a more mature group you think it's daryl Morey, the right players or do you think it's doc rivers really making an impact Honestly, I feel like I feel like it's Doc Rivers making an impact, in my opinion. Like even like when Butler left Philly, like if you heard him talk about the system, like coaching everything, like they they never knew who was like in charge. You know, they were trying to control players, not really like let players kind of like flow with the the system, right? And like the coaching was just terrible. My like that's what Butler was saying, right? And you can see just last year how Philly played in the playoffs. You know, they really came up short. You know, and they had so much potential to do good, right? And I think Doc Rivers really knew how to, like, you know, use Tobias Harris, use Ben Simmons, you know, like, Ben Simmons spacing the floor with the defensively and everything. And just Embiid, how Embiid's playing this season. Like, I feel like Doc Rivers has a huge impact on that. Having um, Danny Green and um, Curry come to Philly kind of makes up for Ben Simmons' lack of a jump, jump shot, right? You finally have shooters that can shoot in every corner, right? So I think that's, like, these three additions have really made Philly, like, a contender, in my opinion. Okay. The one that I didn't have on my list, however, another spoiler alert was uh, Harden to the Nets. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I, I just think that was way too obvious for me. Like, 
you put a superstar onto a superstar, you know, team array. Like, yeah, I, I get that, but like, I feel like you know, like Harden brings like that kind of playmaking that KD and Kyrie don't have, or no one in that side, right? I feel like that's like a big piece they needed for like the playoffs. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Another yeah. scoring threat too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, so it's nice. Yeah. You know, I, I think it's, I think it was a good trade. Yeah. For sure. Okay. Well, thank you for your list, Sahil. Thank you. Well, now you get to sit and uh, wait to your demise, <laughs> I guess, because you get to get your team for a bit. Yeah. Going on to my next guest here, Tanoi. Can you please give me your top five worst transactions for? the past season or this season yes, sir okay so my list is a little bit all over the place it touches on just a few different things it's in no particular order so it's more so just what i noticed what i covered so the first is the criticism of the cleveland cavaliers with uh the buyout on andre drummond and the point being with andre drummond is his value is high they had a chance to actually create a deal for him and actually be able to bring back whether it's a few more pieces or bringing some cash, they weren't able to do that. They let him walk away, sign to a team that he wants. It clearly shows like the disbalance between teams and players and what they're able to do. So I thought that was a wash job by the Cavs, especially when they have a chance to build a young core. You give away a big piece like that for nothing, pretty shitty way of managing a team. That's, uh, that's my first one. After that is the Orlando Magic. They blew up pretty much the entire core. Evan Forty is in Boston now. Vucevic in Chicago. Terrence Ross is gone. And uh, Ian Aaron Gordon, big player. They got back some young talent, Gary Harris, RJ Hampton. So the amount of star player or star power and strong, like basically core that they had, they blew it up. weren't able to really build much around. Um, I think from a management point, they had a good coach. They still have a good coach from a management standpoint. It's a pretty abysmal way to go about it. I'm sure they'll be able to build through their picks later on, but um, just blowing it up midseason, probably one of the worst things you could do, especially given that you didn't get their value back. And then the third is a free agent signing. This is a criticism on the Detroit Pistons signing Mason Plumlee, another big man, while they gave up Christian Wood, they gave up Blake Griffin. Well, he was still there when they signed Mason Plumlee. They signed him for three years, so 25 mil. No idea what he was supposed to do there. They just picked him up. He's actually putting up decent numbers. He'll give you a double-double on like a you know, on, a, on a weeknight if he's healthy playing. But um, they signed Jeremy Grant from Denver, picked him up, big contract. Jeremy Grant's playing well for himself. They picked up Macy Plumlee. I feel like it was just like a two-for-one from Denver. And, yeah, that was just random and just seemed so pointless from a team not really sure what their direction is. They just threw money at someone. Hopefully they can turn that out into something else in the future. Uh, the next bad transaction is criticizing the Houston Rockets. Now, I didn't know Sahil was a Houston Rockets fan at all. This was uh, part of the big the big dealing when it came to trade deadline with basically they acquired Karis LeVert from Brooklyn and they moved over James Harden. What they ended up doing is they ended up moving Karis LeVert to Indiana and acquiring Victor Oladipo. And they paid off some extra cash as well with Karis LeVert's contract. I think it was like $36 million or 3.6, I can't remember. But basically, they had a chance to keep Karis LeVert build with him on their roster. But instead, they went for Victor Oladipo, who's, who wanted out. I think they just, same thing again, star power pushes the team to do whatever they want. They were able to make a deal happen. Victor Oladipo, there's a lot of question marks about him. I still think he's a decent player, injury prone. 
Carousel had a higher ceiling, and you could see it in Brooklyn. You can see it now in Indiana. It just does so much. So I think they definitely messed up there in Houston, especially pairing it. Like, given the chance that you get a guy like Victor Oladipo, injury-prone, pairing with a guy like John Wall is also injury-prone, and you have a guy like Christian Wood, who you want playmakers around, which is Carousel can do. I thought that was a really messed up approach and just really kind of ruined the identity of their team, especially given that they had a chance to be able to build with help with healthy players. The last point, some of you, I don't know how you guys feel about this individual player. This is just a signing by the New Orleans Pelicans. They picked up Isaiah Thomas. I don't really care about Isaiah Thomas anymore. Like, he, you know, it was sick. He, he went off in Boston. You know, you guys are both Boston fans here. I'm sure you guys cared for that little, like, two, three years. Personally, didn't really give a shit. He's very relevant now. That's how the NBA moves. Especially in New Orleans when they have like four point guards, Lonzo Ball, Eric Bledsoe, Nikhil Walker-Alexander. You pick up a guy while like Alexander was hurt, I think, and somebody else was hurt. Lonzo Ball was hurt this year. For, and so they picked him up. Makes sense. Kind of just random at this point. I don't know what he's really doing in the league. He's just trying to make his way back. Just seems like a waste of, you know, roster spot. Especially someone just giving you like maybe like a few points off the bench. But those are my top five worst transactions. My favorite pick is probably the Houston one, not because Sahil's here, but mostly because they signed and gave away a healthy player in exchange for one that had bad had a bad injury history. So, yeah, that's my top five. Okay, perfect. Thank you, Tsunoy. Before I open up the floor to everyone here, I will answer my portion first, but what I think about Isaiah Thomas now. Um, as a Celtics fan, yes, I do agree. He's a bit irrelevant, but I think it's still, I don't think he was a right player to be plugged into the Pelican system. First off, I think he'd been more valuable elsewhere in a sense. I get why they picked him up because he needed scoring that bled. So that Pelicans is a mess too. Like they got bigs who can't shoot and they got smalls who, like guards who can't shoot either. Like Bolanza ball has been like great like three point wise this year, but he's so like he's in and out, right? He's not consistent. My other point here is I have a question for you to know it. I was listening to this podcast and at first when Orlando had their fire sale, right? Of getting ridden, getting rid of Vucevic, Ross and Gordon. Hey, Sahil, don't laugh. You guys had a fire sale to a worse one than Orlando. Okay. But, <laughs> but Orlando, this is the question I have pinned for you because they, they, in the podcast, they said they had the exact same question and it kind of made me realize, like gave me another perspective, but keeping that core and just, let's just say they, they did what they did year after year, even this year, let's say they kept the core and they went into the playoffs as a seventh or eighth seed, because that's usually what the cap is, right? So if you assume for the last two or three years, based on that track record, do you think it was appropriate for them to get rid of all those guys and go for a hard reset and just tank and go for one of the best potential draft classes right now this this year? Because, yeah. I mean, it's either that or just keep being a 7-8 seed for the next six, seven years with no ceiling after that unless you make a tremendous move or some cap space, which we don't know what's going to happen, right? Yeah, I. so as far as this is incoming draft class – and I'm not too familiar with what the upside is and what their chances are tanking and being able to secure it. As far as the, what they did and their plan, it was it appropriate? Sure. 
they have Jonathan Isaac, they have Mo Bamba, they got Cole Anthony, and they have some young talent that they mm-hmm. can, you know, they drafted earlier. Those are their lottery picks. So they have some talent they can develop, and like you know, Mo Bamba's playing more. We can really push for some young core, you know, the young core to grow, and you can tank and get another young guy, but they had Markel Fultz, didn't work out. They have him now. It didn't work yeah. out this season because he got hurt, but yeah. he was starting to play really well. Oh, he was, yeah. They did he really was, well yeah. with him. Yeah. But the biggest yeah. thing with any young core is you need veteran players to actually be able to guide them mm. and be able to actually show them how to develop. Mm. That's my personal observation from any league that's really developed core players. You always have good vets and you always have good actual coaching around them. Mm-hmm. So it seems almost counterintuitive to what their decision was. You know, we have a bunch of young guys, got rid of all your vets, and now they're just going to have to figure it out. My coaching's going to have to do it all. Where prior to, they're making it to the playoffs. These young guys are actually getting playoff experience. They're getting developed. Uh, I think that's the more appropriate way to go about using your current players. Now, they picked up some more depth. They picked up a bit more talent. See what they make make out of it but um mm-hmm. i didn't think they got the return they should have tried to aim for and yeah so so i wanted to add to that because you make a very interesting point i like the especially the vucevic to chicago trade right that was that was one of the most like lopsided trades this year and you could see but then at the same time you compare it to like drew going to the bucks and how they wheeled in so many picks right yeah. Um, yeah. So I do agree with you there that they should have went and gotten more. But then there's arguments too out there saying, I mean, that's possibly the most that you can get for Vucevic, which is really sad because he's very good. Yeah, and and this is the thing. It's like there's a right time to sell and right time to hold. And if Wendell Carter Jr. and I forget what else they paired with that trade, um, um, Porter Jr. or Otto per- Fuck, I forgot Otto. his name. Yeah, Otto, Otto Porter. There, yeah. Otto yeah, Porter. I don't. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> an auto porter journey is a like I, I don't know if you guys follow him or not, but he signed a big ass oh, contract in Washington. Mil. Yeah, in Washington. Early on when the max was different. Mm. Basically a top heavy contract player who didn't wasn't healthy. It just seems like, you know, like you said, it's just kind of pointless. And yeah. um one thing I wanted to mention, just to mm-hmm. kind of seal it off was as far as Orlando's aspirations to bring in a free agent, I don't think it's impossible. Mm. I think they have a higher chance than other cities like Toronto, for example, will never be able to bring in a free agent ever. Unless it just yeah. like unless global warming really kicks in and it's always thirty degrees <laughs> and they take away taxing players both US dollars and American dollars. Yeah. So yeah. and Canadian dollars. Orlando has a potential to they're not known for it, but um it's always possible if they get the right pieces and they can push for a deal. Oh, that's yeah. fair. That's fair. All right. I'm going to open up to the floor. Anyone have any thoughts on uh, Tanoi's list here? I, I have a question. Uh, do all of you think that Chicago got the better end of the deal there with Orlando? Yeah. Like 100%? Unless I'm missing something, I, I would say Chicago got the better end of the deal. On paper, Chicago got the better end of the deal, but the fit seems to not be working so hot. <laughs> I thought it would have been yeah, really good. Because they but... have Markinen still playing, right? So that was the yeah. that was the one part where I was kind of confused by like what do they do with Markinen now? But yeah. I I don't know how you can get more than two first round picks for Vucevic. 
Yeah, that's. But I don't see where from. And if you're going to trade to any team, it's good that they traded to Chicago, who are in the lottery. Like they got their 2021 pick, and I think they're reading it here 2023 pick. Mm. Yeah. So at least they're going to have a decent lottery chance now. Or arguably, you could say Orlando doesn't know how to draft very well. Mm. So maybe there's that part. But like, I don't think it's that. I never thought it was that bad of a trade. I was kind of shocked that Boston didn't match the two first round picks and, and see what they could do there. But if you're, if you're on paper, you would take Chicago's lottery first round picks over Boston's because you would think that they would be a little bit better. And like Tony said, I think with, with uh, Drew Holiday being traded for three first round picks, it kind of made sense that it'd be for two first rounders. I, I was kind of shocked it was more than one, to be honest with you. I didn't mm-hmm. think anybody would trade two first round picks and then Chicago did how that fits with how who's uh, Fitch is going to fit with Levine next season. See. Who knows? Right. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't really mind Orlando blowing it up because it, it clearly wasn't working. There was no the point. It, there was no point finishing anywhere between the 13th seed in the East to the eighth seed with Vucevic. Vucevic is fantastic. I, I think Vucevic is a great player. I think he's a great I Last year, I would have... I remember on the podcast, I was like, I kind of had him penciled in as a third third team center, in yeah. which you, call, you all said, no, that was stupid. Which, okay, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I don't think it was horrible that by the Magic. It's just, what, what do they do with those picks? Mm. And that concerns me more than anything. Mm-hmm. Trading it, Fournier was fine, I guess. Like, they got two second round picks who knows what you can do with that but that, I, I don't think it was necessary like a completely lopsided trade i mean yes chicago got an all-star but it's Vucevic, so how far is that gonna actually take you you know what yeah. i mean yeah i i gotta say with them on paper it looks way better because i agree with that on the roster marketing when he first came into the league his first two years he's improving year after year yeah. Defensively, I'm not sure how good he is, but they have Thaddeus Young, who's playing a heavier minute rotation than Rory Merkin mm. right now. And then you have Vucevic. There's a bit of an issue, clear issue of how to make it work, mm. but um, it's a good problem to have. I think you're better off having a better value player on your roster. Yeah, I, I you know, it was interesting. The two first rounders for Vucevic seems like, you know, that's it. It shouldn't be more than that. Yeah. I also remember when Drew Holiday got, like, the the transaction went through, there's a bunch of memes out there. Or there's just basically a lot of buzz around, oh, shit, they over, like, they set the bar really high for trades to happen. And front offices were kind of panicking, like, oh, shit, like, okay, now we have to kind of pay a little bit more for certain yeah, transactions. Yeah. So maybe yeah. that, was, uh, that was an actual outcome of it. Players, agents were just demanding more, and teams were demanding more. Sorry, you're right. The the whole Rockets thing was stupid. You know they should have kept Lever. I, I I don't know what they were thinking with that. You know, but on the bright side, at least you know, trading Oladipo for um, Olenek and fuck someone else. I forgot who it was. Someone else from the Heat. But like, I think that was a pretty pretty good trade for the Rockets. You know, to get them back up. Mm-hmm. But you know, yeah, and like it, it's it's funny you're, you're talking about the Pelicans because um, uh, it's 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 a little it's a little little off, but like a little off topic. But um, I remember um, I was I was talking, you know, you know, there's like that little narrative with like Moran versus Zion, you know, especially from last year onwards, right? Like, yeah, who's the who's upcoming star coming up, right? And like everyone, you know, everyone deemed Zion as like the next LeBron kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what kind of the vibes we're getting, right? And on, on paper, Pelicans is amazing. You know, we have Zion, we have Ingram, we have Lonzo. You know, we have, like, 
Steven Adams. They're such such a good team. But now, you know, we see Grizzlies are in the playoffs, but Pelicans are not. You know, and even last year, Grizzlies had a chance against the playoffs, but Pelicans didn't even have one, right? It's interesting to see, you know, like all this hype for the Pelicans, but they're not even delivering it. And like you watch them play, it's like, you know, like Grizzly, who, who does Grizzlies got? Grizzlies got, you know, like they got John Moran. Then they got like, who, who else they got? Like, name other players. They got, J, you know, JJR, whatever. Then they got Anderson. Then they got like, Dylan Brooks. Who's Dylan Brooks? Yo, chill. Dylan Put some respect hey, on Dylan Brooks. Saga, nah, nah, don't, nah, don't, nah, don't, sleep like, on, don't sleep on Jonas Valanciunas, all right? That's a 2020 guy. Okay, yes, sir. Good sick. JV's sick. I, I agree. JV's sick. I agree with that. But compared to Pelicans, you know, you got, you got like big yeah. names on Pelicans, right? It's yeah. just interesting to think, you know, it's interesting to see, in my opinion, how like uh-huh. messed up the organization is compared to like Grizzlies, right? I was just thinking right. about that. I was just like some 2 a.m. thoughts. Sorry. At 2 a.m. thoughts. That's <laughs> <laughs> what you think at 2 a.m.? <laughs> Thank you again to Noi Fearless. Appreciate it. Um, moving on to the next guest here. Mr. Roastmaster, Cullum, can you please give us your heavy, uh, heavy hitters right here? All right. So, again, it's not in many particular order. I guess I'll leave the Rockets to last because I'll just group a bunch of them together. First one. Uh... It makes me wish I was 6'11 and could shoot the three because I could be like Davis Bertans and make $80 million over five years to average 11 points, three rebounds on less than 40% shooting from three. I wish, <laughs> I wish I could have that life, but I just, 80 million for a glorified catch and shoot big man just seems really <laughs> peculiar. I don't know if it was the Wizards trying to meet the floor of the salary and they were just or using it as like some sort of trade piece for the future maybe it could work that way but just in terms of on-court production it's pretty egregious so that was one of them the other one i had was it kind of caught a bit of as a story in the media a couple of weeks ago was mm-hmm. was indiana pacers head coach nate bjorkren i don't know if bjorkren, i butchered that yep. bjorkren yeah it, really interesting story i don't know if people read the one on the i think it was on the bleach report now, since then, Nick Nurse has come out and defended and said it's completely false. It's a bunch of mm. BS. Um, I know that TJ War is it TJ Warren that was mentioned in there, who they said that he deliberately got season-ending surgery so that he didn't have to play. And he's uh, because TJ was on the Suns, and then Nate was also assistant yeah. coach on the Suns, so they knew each other right. in advance. And TJ hated Nate. Right. So, th- yeah. so I I put it in this list for a couple of reasons. Number one, and it's partially based off of the article that was written was just looking at the hiring process that they had, mm-hmm. where there was no, there was no level according to the report. So, you know, it could be a bunch of BS, but according to the report, it was not a lot to talk about. It was just kind of like talking hoops, like you're shooting the shit rather than actual like scheming and like how to develop players and stuff. And it seemed like they didn't do an extensive background check when he was with the Raptors, when he was with the Suns, and when he was doing his G league stints and part of that was, I think he's friends with Buchanan or something like that. And okay. it just seemed like a very strange one. And you pair that with the fact that Nate McMillan is now with the Hawks and they've all of us, all of a sudden the Hawks are the fifth seed when they were kind of like, you know, middling, like just about to make the playoffs. And it, to, to be fair, like I thought that the, the Hawks firing that, that their coach was pretty out of nowhere. Like all the players kind of like, what the heck, but it seemed to work <laughs> out for them. So it just pairing that together. I just think that hiring was a, a little bit odd. So now I have the Rockets as a whole. Yeah, I, I think Tanoi pretty much nailed nailed on the head with Oladipo to the Rockets for Karis Levert. 
didn't make sense then, doesn't make sense now. Not much to, that I can add there. John Wall to the Rockets. I was actually excited for this trade, to be honest with you. I thought it was actually a good trade for both teams at the beginning. Yeah. It, it was a straight up trade. So there was no real downside to it, I felt. But obviously, John Wall underperformed. I think he got injured. He did. Correct me if I'm wrong, Saha. When did he get injured? It was like earlier this like, year. He, he, he was injured a lot. Like he was resting a lot. Yeah. And I think he was out for like a month and he came back and he's out again. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, with the benefit of hindsight, it was an awful trade because Westbrook yeah. is in the playoffs, I guess, if you want to use that metric. And the fact that they gave up a, a bunch of their picks for Chris Paul, you know, mm-hmm. I think their 2021 pick is top four protected, which I guess that means that it, I think they pretty much are guaranteed that pick still. But I thought that and with the benefit of hindsight, it was bad. And then the Rockets trading hard into the Nets. What hasn't, I, I think so far hasn't been mentioned on this podcast, but I'm sure everybody's thought about it, was the fact that they could have gotten Ben Simmons. And so that trade in mm-hmm. itself deserves, in my opinion, to be one of the worst trades. Don't get Ben Simmons. You don't have any like good young star player that you get back in return. So you're basically rolling the dice with the draft lottery. You're rolling the dice with your drafting, with your scout team, your draft team, your development team. You're rolling the dice there. Not getting Simmons in, in it, it or not trading with the 76ers just so that they don't have to trade with Daryl Morey, I think is such an ego play. And it's just like, you shouldn't let your ego get in the way of making a good basketball decision. Um, but it's happened in the past. It happened here and it's going to happen again. The other part is with the, the actual value of the Nets picks, I guess that they're later on in the 2020. So like 2027, 2028, when by then you would think that the Nets are not so good. Mm-hmm. Depends on what Harden and, Kyrie and Durant look like at that point, whether they're still on the team. But I, I think they could have gotten more, especially if Drew Holiday gets three draft, like three first rounders. I think you can muster up a little bit more in terms of draft capital and players that you get back. So the Rockets, unfortunately, have burned spectacularly to the ground, but hopefully something will arise from the ashes that Salho can be proud of, which I guess is KCP for you. <laughs> I guess that's your KPJ. Phoenix from the ashes. KPJ, yeah. sorry. KPJ, KPJ. Uh, yeah, he, he's your Phoenix from the ashes, I guess. But that was, that, that was my list. I had some honorable mentions. I, I, I was thinking about putting Gordon Hayward on that list, but I think the injury mm-hmm. in itself, like he was actually producing pretty well for, for yes. Charlotte. Like he was really good. And he showed yeah. like he might not be worth $120 million over four years, but he showed that he's like, he's still a very capable player certainly better than Davis Bertans. So yeah, that, that's my list there. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Colin, for your list today. I really like your first point on, well, the second point, I guess, on the head coaching hiring, how uh, they don't really look deep into that. I don't know if you guys uh, heard in, I guess this was January or February with the whole um, Minnesota Timberwolves hiring of the coach where they fired uh, Saunders and then they hired Finch. Mm-hmm instead of hiring mm-hmm. Vanderpool and the whole league basically just went off. Like the players just went off because especially Dame with the fact that while well, this guy has been an assistant head coach for Tim Wolves for so long, yet you hired someone just out of the blue out of nowhere. And it's very similar to what you had uh, with uh, the fire the hiring of Nate Bjorken, because this guy was also apparently a friend of the owner as well of the Timberwolves. So he got hired. And that 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 organization is a mess in itself as well. Like not having Kevin Garnett buy the team and now you have A-Rod buying the team like great, but you have a legend. You know, you had a legend, you know what I mean? 
that was a really good point on there. I think they really need to look into the hiring head, like the head coach hiring, I guess, requirements. I mean, can you better. can you really look at it though? Because if if the owner of a billion dollar franchise says, I want this guy as my head coach, then that's kind of the way it's going to be. Yeah. You know, we, it, it, maybe to a lesser degree in the NBA than perhaps the NFL, especially when you think of the Washington football team and Dan Snyder, that piece mm. of rat. But I, I feel like it's, it's not something that is going to go away. If the owner has any say with basketball operations and they're going to get their way see you know, they'll, I, just, I, they'll just hire and fire whoever they want to agree with them so i don't know if there's in that if for indiana's per, uh, specific case i don't know if there's anything you can do about that but with with finch to to the timberwolves maybe there's some yeah and then, and then on there and then here's another example for contrast right the knicks worldwide west and leon rose james dolan is an outspoken owner but yet they let them take reins and pick Thibs, hire Thibs. It wasn't Dolan who hired Thibs. It was them who went out and got Thibs, right? So, and look mm-hmm. at what they've done for the Knicks. I would dive into that as well. But when it comes to my list, I think that the coaching is a bit weird in terms of this whole season, especially like with the Rockets. Sorry, sorry again, Sahil, but the Rockets. No, no, hiring, hiring a Steven Silas. Great coach, but man, he got shafted this year. Oh my god. He he deserves to have like five years with Houston, like like five years of tenure where he cannot be fired. Yeah. For yeah. anything. Because he, he literally came in and was like, Yes, I got less freaking hearted. <laughs> yes, let's go. Like, let's good freaking go. And then oh man. Yeah. Like it's like getting it's like it's like if you were a professor six months ago and you get hired by Laurentian, mm. you know, yeah. <laughs> now, now look at Laurentian. Like, yeah. It's the exact Facts. same thing, man. This will be my last uh, rockets roast here. No, don't, don't limit yourself, Tony. We've got time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly, don't limit yourself. Cause last time I mentioned I was a Knicks fan, I got absolutely just, just, just first mistake was mentioning you're a Knicks fan. Just but. demolished. <laughs> but uh, it's good banter for the podcast you know? yeah <laughs> it really yeah. checks in your psych but no the the rockets i mean that the, again great point the simmons uh, come on like i think yeah, start yeah. it's like it's like a monkey did your trade like it was like some animal who wasn't even a human did your trades and your transactions this year because that hardened to ben simmons oh it started off with john wall first for westbrook well, that one was like you really had zero, zero to little chance or choice because, you know, it was like, all right, no one wants this contract and no one wants this contract. Let's, uh, let's just switch. I don't know, right? Uh, and, yeah, the first 25 games, everyone thought that John Wall was the better trade because Westbrook asked, but now look at him now, right? Yeah. So hindsight. We got the hind- help of hindsight. So, okay. But the hard, hardened trade god like y'all just went like snowballed into something that we did not fully understand where the hell you guys are doing like what the hell you guys are doing like kpj that 50 point game great i can see potential in him i think it was good that he got out of cleveland but i don't know like i don't think kpj is gonna be hardened to be honest i don't think we'll ever see a harden but um maybe he'll be like james young who knows? Oh Lord! Please don't. Bill <laughs> <laughs> Simmons. <laughs> yes. yes. Um, but yeah, I think that was a snowball effect to the disaster of the season. 
for you guys, to be honest. But again, uh, yeah. it was good for the Sixers. They have Simmons, and now they're working their ass off with that. But with if they had Harden on the Sixers, ooh, man. That's well, who, who else was in the running to get Harden? Uh, Denver, remember. Miami. Miami, yeah. So, Denver was in there. So if you if if you traded with Miami, you could have gotten someone like Tyler Hero back. Yes. Yeah. If you traded to Philadelphia, you could have got Simmons back. Yes. If you traded to Denver, it was either MPJ or Jamal Kate, Murray. Yeah. Okay, it wouldn't PJ. have been. Jamal, I doubt it. I doubt they would have traded Jamal, but you you could have pushed for yeah. Jamal Murray and like yeah. let's draft picks. But they traded to the Nets, and then they traded Levert. It didn't really. <laughs> It's just, yeah, yeah, it's, I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to beat a it, dead horse here anymore. I'm, yeah. I feel bad. Don't limit yourself, <laughs> Callum. That's the advice you gave I, me. I, I don't know. I, I feel like in my opinion, um, Harden really influenced that trade in my opinion. Oh, he, he really wanted to get out. You know, I, I feel like, you know, the front office just like folded or whatever. Just get rid of him. You know, it, it, was, it was one of those things, right? I feel like that's what happened at the end. And it sucks, right? Because he's, he's a high value player, right? You could have got such amazing deal for him right but whatever that's how players are now right they dictate where they want to go yeah. you gotta oblige well okay. i think well, it's I, I prefer that system over the nfl where you could sign a five-year contract and then get cut yeah. after the first year and lose all of your money yeah, yeah. so if, if i'm gonna choose between guaranteed money in the nba and the nfl i'm gonna choose the nba every day yeah player influence i think in my opinion it's been a long time coming mm-hmm. i think players have now started to realize that they have influence Ooh, it's getting a bit spicy in there, don't you think? But before we head back and finish the rest of this debate, we're going to take a short little break. Usually, podcasts would have sponsor ads here. I don't, unfortunately. I just want to take this time here to tell you guys to go get yourself a glass of water, yell at the clouds, or message your friends of the hot takes you've been hearing thus far. Or you can hop onto our IG account at Podcast and email us at bbshopquintetpodcast at gmail.com for any comments, questions, or any updates or input. Now, we will see you in a few. I think the best part about players being able to have complete or get the majority control of where they want to go um, is that you can actually see careers worked out better in some cases mm. in the case of like players like westbrook he's been traded twice now yeah. from okc to houston now houston the wizards super talented athlete demanded a trade team ends up dealing where he needs to go so there's still a bit of control there depending on, the, on certain teams but it's the small market teams that get just absolutely screwed um this is a little bit off topic but that's a whole discussion itself like players decision-making and teams dealing with them. But yeah, definitely really cool to see how it's come. Same with small market teams. It's, it's, it's why I really like the Drew Holiday trade was, I mean, three, three first round picks for Drew Holiday. I think that's a little bit too much. And I, and in draft picks in general, we've kind of forgotten what happened with Brooklyn and Boston in 2013. But at the same time, if you're a small market team, your real only draw is the fact that you're winning. 
so the fact that the if the Bucks can keep that core together, Middleton, Giannis, and Holiday, maybe they just attract veteran players who are like, you know, 10, 11 years in the league. They don't have much left in the tank, but they can come off the bench. And they and they found like some high value players like Divincenzo has been really impressive as well. But I mean, that's the only way that you can compete as a small market is is through trading. Yeah. Right. Because it's not it, retaining those draft picks that you spend on like players. Like, how much are you going to actually be able to retain your players? Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. Trade for them. I mean, Kawhi. We got Kawhi. Started that. Right. Yeah. Toronto got Kawhi. Yeah. Since you're talking to Noy, do you have any thoughts on Cullum's list? Oh, I, I think we definitely hit them all. I, I guess I really do like the coaching you know, point you brought up. I think that's super valid to see how just how those transactions end up. And you can see how NBA is still like very much a small boys club for the business, like business owners, team owners. That's just how things are. Can't do much about it. If you own things, that's how you know you can choose. But besides that, you hit them all on point, um, especially with Houston and all the different options that they could have executed on. Interesting to see how things will go for them. I don't think it's Houston's completely washed up. I think they still have something they can make work. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, no, no, not too much else to add on to that. Sahil. Yeah, likewise, you know, I, I, I agree with the, you know, Houston trade. You know, it could have been very, <laughs> yeah, you know, it could, it could have been handled very, very well. You know, a lot of great pieces could have came to Houston, but mm. you know, it is what it is. You know, like you said, they're rolling the dice. And it's really risky dice, but it's like, uh, you know, it, it could be a high reward, right? It depends how things play out the next few years. So I'm patient. I'm a patient man, so I'm not worried about that. I feel like they roll um, the dice like Yahtzee, except they play with four dice instead of five. <laughs> That's kind of the way that I've looked at it at this point. It's like you're deliberately uh, handicapping yourself here. I don't know. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, like they, they put all their money on, you know, this the draft pick that all the picks they have right now the team they have right now you know that nothing to trade for so it is a really risky business for them right now but uh, you know i'm I'm not worried about them i I think they have like there's potential for them to do really well but i agree with everything you know coaching that's i I never thought about that way you know like the whole hawk i totally forgot the hawks incident happened this year right like it feels like it was like it feels like years ago i don't know i don't know why it feels like so long ago but it was just this year right and i I totally forgot about that january yeah it was, yeah, but feel, I don't know. It feels a long way for me, so I totally forgot about this season. But yeah, that's very good point too. Heading into my list now, let's go from bottom up five, four, three, two, one. Um, again, mentioned on Sahil's list array. Uh, hindsight is twenty twenty. <laughs> Westbrook to the Wizards. I think that definitely gave a boost to their season for sure. Definitely made them a contender for. Um, the playoffs and now they're in the playoffs and it was funny because i think i was listening to this podcast i don't remember the number anymore but they were they start off their season the first 25 games they were like three and 22 yeah and and then uh i was like uh okay like of course westbrook was shit and everyone was talking how uh you know john wall was a better deal and then john wall gets injured and westbrook's pulling triple doubles left right center People are putting him to the all NBA team consideration too. And it's crazy. So let's, let's give that to Westbrook, um, to the wizards. I actually had another one there, but I mentioned an honorable mentions later, but that one would have to slip in number five, my number four, you guys have mentioned it already here and there, but I'm just, I'm just going to cement it here on paper. The subtraction of Lloyd Pierce and basically promoting Nate McMillan. 
Um, from the time I jotted this down, they had a starting record of 20, well, like a record, winning record of 22 and 10 after the promotion. So that's a six, seven, basically six, seven percent record, um, winning record right there. They made Bogdan look like a beast, Bogdan Bojanovic. <laughs> um, yes. He was crazy. And Clint Capella, too, um, putting him into a defensive player of the year conversation as well. So yep. who knew? Because when he was on yep. the Rockets, and I know, Sahil, you can interject here or agree with me here, but people were saying he was just a, st- a stat stuffer and he wasn't really yeah. good at the re- defending. But now he's actually a really good conjugal force and probably yeah. the best defender on their team besides DeAndre Hunter in some days, right? So that's my number four. Got to credit Nate McMillan for that. Hopefully they make a great playoff run, but we'll see. Number three here, Doc Rivers to the Sixers, as Sahil mentioned before. Um, I mean, turning Ben Simmons to who he is again year after year. Um, make him effective without the shooting, of course. A bead, scoring much better, choosing better selection shots. And most importantly, Tobias Harris meeting up to his contract because everyone was like, wow, he's overpaid. But now you look at it, he's basically the Clippers yeah. version of Tobias Harris when they were yeah. he was coached under, yeah. again, Doc Rivers. And I think yeah. Yeah, it was one of those scenarios when you got rid of a coach who's been very stagnant there for a while now. And apparently the team didn't really like anymore. So, you know, get rid of him, yeah. bring in some fresh blood. Um, I was going to yeah. squeeze in Darren Morey there as well, but I remember from the last podcast, um, I don't think, uh, I think Darren Morey added the addition of Rivers and um, Curry. No, not Rivers, but um, the addition of Green and Curry in there to mm-hmm. make it like the Covington and JJ Redick teams in a few years back. Yeah. But, I think it's the big three that he really developed and put a oomph of energy in there and made it more fresh and give that grit. Right. So, um, which is what I feel 76ers are. They're the blue collar team, right? My number two here, quite obvious CP three to the Suns. Do I need to say more? The underrated, very underrated should be an MVP, MVP candidate conversation, but he's not because he's not scoring 20 points. Which is ridiculous. <laughs> so I was like, yes, 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 yes. I fucking um, agree. But then, oh then at the same time, like, you look at him. He's very underrated. I mean, you, you look at the <sighs> fact that in New Orleans, he started pulling that team together in his early days. The Clips, without him, there would be no Lob City. There'd be no Kawhi and PG. Goes to the Rockets, gets traded fucking, you know, out of the whim. Makes that team into Western Conference Finals team. Injures himself. Could have made it to the finals. Story goes again. Gets traded to OKC because Harden doesn't like him. Makes that team that was nothing into something. Makes it to the playoffs. And now and makes shy someone that's actually better than last year by himself. And now he goes into Suns. Yes, credit Monty Williams. As I said on the last podcast, credit Monty Williams that he gave him the 9-0. and But you needed a leader. And that team became stagnant and you need a leader. And CP is the definition of the extension of a coach you need on the floor. Oh. And without, and I, and I don't know who brought up the conversational point or the argument, the fact that Devin Booker over CP is the most valuable player on that team or the all, definite all-star because that person needs to reevaluate the basketball. Oh. <laughs> Number one here, this is the front office and a coaching combination of Leon Rose, Worldwide West, and Nixon Tibbs. Yeah. I think regardless of record, just them going to fourth is already great yeah. enough. This is the first time they made it to the playoffs since Mellow. Yeah. Not only that, 
turn Julius Randles into some magic of tips. He turns players into fucking all-stars, defensive player of the years, MVPs. Now yeah. Randall is going to get some MVP votes too. And yeah. maybe third, like three, three, like the third votes or the fifth place vote, whatever. He'll yeah. get votes. But he's going to be MIP. He's going to yeah. be on the NBA, all NBA team, possibly. Yep. Like no, 100 percent Right. And he's he's been doing really well. And he gave he gave him and he's been shooting the best from three this year. Brought back D Rose, where everyone was like, Why did you bring back D Rose? Why didn't you let Emmanuel quickly shine? I mean, Emmanuel quickly could do well, but you need someone who's been there already and they want to yep. win. I get it. A mix of young players, a mix of old players. Yeah, made Nerlens Noel into the defensive beast. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Who the hell mentions the name? I want to watch the next because of guys like Reggie Bullock and Nerlens Noel. <laughs> no one. But now they facts. So it's uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say a little something to Mr. Kevin Durant out there. New York, New York is pretty cool. Not gonna lie, they're pretty cool. I don't know about facts. Brooklyn. Brooklyn's pretty. Uh, you know, you bought your wins. So um, yeah, but. That's my list. My honorable mentions. Oh, man. I mean, I had AG, Aaron Gordon, to the Nuggets. Made that team very defensively sound. Just he did his part. He didn't need to be that scorer like he was in Orlando. He just needed to play defense. Mm. And I've seen some games, especially the recent one with the Lakers, against the Lakers. That one, he had oh, some yeah. really big stops there. But besides that, I mean, yeah, and take our part. They kept them afloat. From when I jotted this down, they kept them afloat since Jamal Murray injury. Since March 25th, as well, before that, when they got Aaron Gordon, their record was 16 and three. So that that and making and making Jokic the MVP. So that was a testament to that. Yeah, my other honorable mention also has to be. I mean, the Brooklyn staff. I think you needed a good staff to handle the three egos, especially what all the drama they concurred this year, and the players just not being in and just not being there, and. Yeah, I think my other one would be uh, Drew to the Bucks. We'll, we'll see. That one's, uh, you know, one we have to be willing to wait to see what happens next with that. But Drew to the Bucks gives a third scoring option or a second scoring option that's not Eric Bledsoe. <laughs> yeah. And who's much, who's great defensively as well. So those are my picks. Is there any thoughts on my list, gentlemen? Let's start with Colin, I guess. I was going to say, let's start with Sawhill because I saw Sawhill just vibing to every single point that Tony okay. was making. He was like, yes, let's go. So I think we should let Sawhill. Okay, Sawhill. I, I am so happy to be in a conversation with people that understand and just appreciate the value of CP3 and just how he should be in the MVP talks and should be over Curry, in my opinion. And, you know, you know it, it makes me mad because, like, Steve Nash won two MVPs doing the exact same theory Chris Paul's doing. Yep. But now, you know, all of a sudden, you know, like, obviously now he's not, he's not the most flashiest player. You know, he's not scoring, like, 30, 40. But, man, he's, like, the best floor general. He's better than LeBron right now, you know, in terms of being a general on the floor. He's doing amazing, you know? Like, and, and it, it's, he's, he's, you know, it's, he's 36, too. You know, like, everyone has that point for LeBron. He's 36. He's doing all these things at 36. But so is Chris Paul. He's doing the craziest things for his sons. He made, like, the sons, you know, like, a team that you would never expect to be in the top four. All of a sudden, in the top second place, right? And, like, you know, 
you know, like, like you said, like ESPN and like, you know, you hear Shaq say all the stupid shit. You know, it, it just, you know, it pisses me off seeing the disrespect for CP3. So I'm really happy you brought that up. I really am. Mm. Yeah, okay. I just, just wanted to say that. Yeah, I was like, I was like, you were like, go, go, go. Yeah, I was but like, like, right. like, everything you said is on point, you know, like it, it he, he is like, they, they could have beat Warriors on the, I wouldn't, if he didn't get injured, in my opinion, they, they, they could have won a championship that year. Yeah, they, you know, had a, like, they had a well enough roster to do that. They were yeah. on, they were tearing up squads out Bro, there. Yeah. They were doing amazing. They could have easily killed the Cavs. You know, they could have fucking like destroyed them, in my opinion. You know, like, uh, whatever, you know. And that's the thing. I'm going to add to the MVP notion. It's not the best scorer, the most flashiest no. player, the most off- best offensive player, right? It's the most valuable player. You take that player out of the squad, how are they? Like, and that's I, I, why, oh my god, that's that's yeah. why CP3 and like guys like CP3 or LeBron, like yeah. they need to be mentioned all the time because you take LeBron out, yeah, the Lakers are seven, the Lakers are basically almost missed out on the play in tournament, yeah, right? Like, oh, 100%, uh, yeah, 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 but, like, um, like record matters so much, you know, like, you know, of if, course, you know, like if, if your team, like, you know, even like we're not Warriors, but they're like, they're like, they. They miss the playoffs, you know, but people are still, you know, Warriors, like Curry's having a crazy year. Okay, great, but are they winning? Yeah, they're not. You know what I mean? Like they're not. So like, you shouldn't be in an MVP conversation. It's not the best player. It's like the most valuable player to the team, right? See, I don't and, know. And I like I like the stat the, the Steve Nash points because it's like you had all stars on that Phoenix on those Phoenix Suns teams like Amari mm-hmm. Stoudemire. Sean Marion, you had guys mm-hmm. like Quentin Richardson, Joe Johnson. They are nothing. They're not a system that's ran well without Steve Nash. Yep. Steve Nash is such a great decoy, too, and a guy who just pop, pop, pop. And the only downside was that, that back in the day wasn't a big three-point game. And he said himself he should have took more threes, but yep. he didn't, right? So he could have been yep. more a threat, but – Another thing. That's another conversation for another day. But yeah, um, I yeah, agree. yeah. CP is very underrated. So um, very underrated. Yeah. So, Cullum, um, any thoughts on my list in particular? One of your honorable mentions, I thought, was the Aaron Gordon trade. Mm-hmm. I, I I was really impressed just the way that he was in the games following it, following the mm-hmm. trade deadline before Jamal got injured. The way he was able to unlock the offense as another as a, as a person who could play the four and just pass the ball mm-hmm. you know after through the pick and roll gets the pass can like dish it to anyone he just unlocked that offense and i wish boston picked him up i i wanted i wanted boston to pick Gordon we should have up. picked up we should have picked him up instead of fournier yeah they gave up a first round pick and i was like i'm pretty sure you can spare a first round pick boston yeah. like come on yeah. but you know he, he was he just unlocks the offense very well and he can switch on defense i don't know about his defensive capabilities like on ball but yeah he seems like he can hold his own from an athletic standpoint but yeah i think that's a it's an underrated move and i think it would have been talked a lot about a lot more if jamal murray didn't get injured if Mm. the nuggets were let's say the second seed so zach Lowe on espn i don't know if you listen to a lot of zach Lowe, column but Mm -hmm. um he he said that if jamal murray's injury did not happen they were the they were a team to be favored coming out of the West. Yeah, I mean they 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 have that they have a solid starting rotation starting roster, right? So that they do. that that'll carry you throughout the playoffs when you limit your rotations. Over the Jazz, though, hmm. I I mean I would I would think that they would at least 
you know, they would be competitive in the second round and they probably oh, be competitive the, the yeah. conference finals, but make it out of the West. I don't know. That's, that's a tough road. The West is just, the West is just it a blood is tough. It's tough. But yeah. I could, I could get behind that. Sure. I yeah. could get behind that. So we're going to, I'm going to open up a link here. I'm going to share the screen with you all. This is a few months back though, but there was a list of 25 players under 20, the under age of 25. They ranked these young stars by the future potential, quote unquote, for the listeners at home. So the number one player under 25 by future potential is Luka Doncic. Number two is Zion. Number three is LaMelo Ball. Number four is Donovan Mitchell. Number five is Jason Tatum. Six is De'Aaron Fox. Seven is Ben Simmons. Eight is Devin Booker. Nine is Bam Adebayo. Ten is Shai Gojus Alexander. Eleven is Brandon Ingram. Twelve is Jalen Brown. Thirteen is Jamal Murray. Fourteen is Michael Porter Jr. Fifteen is John Morant. Sixteen is Trey Young. Seventeen is Mikael Bridges. Eighteen is Demontis Sabonis. Nineteen is Anthony Edwards. Twenty is DeAndre Ayton. Twenty-one is Tyrese Halliburton. Twenty-two is John Collins. Twenty-three is Jared Allen. Twenty-four is Lonzo Ball. And twenty-five is Colin Sexton. Anyone have any thoughts on these guys? This this uh, list made me want to made me Google Bobby Marks because if you scroll down, you can see yes, Bobby Marks. He has Jalen Brown at eleventh and Jason Tatum at thirteenth. Yeah. So so at the bottom there are three three guys: Bobby Marks, Kevin, Kevin Pelton, Pelton, and and uh, Schmitz. Mike Schmitz. Yeah. Mike Schmitz. Yeah, NBA yeah. draft guy. Yeah, they all had chances of putting these twenty five on here, so they kind of like evened it out, I guess, in a sense, came yeah. to consensus. So. Now, what were you saying about Bobby Marks, Colin? It made me Google him because I couldn't understand, first of all, why you'd have Jason Tatum at 13, and second, why you'd have Jalen Brown ahead of him. Yeah. Jalen, he's my favorite Celtics player, and he's my favorite player in the NBA. Mm-hmm. But to put him ahead of Jason Tatum and to put him both that low is pretty egregious, I would say. Mm-hmm. It is. <laughs> Google me, Chuck. No. <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> I was like, who the hell are you to say that? But. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's it, these kind of conversations are weird because it's really hard to make these kind of projections without considering just like external factors, like the teams that they're on. Yeah. Right. Like, mm. yeah, I could I could get behind De'Aaron Fox being tops top seven, even top five. Oh, I definitely he, can too. Yeah. But he's on the Sacramento Kings. So, yeah. like, what do you do there? Even yeah, I guess Zion at two yeah, kind of has to be there. I don't hate the list. I just hated the fact that like some of these players just kind of stand out like a, like a sore thumb. Yeah. But I guess uh, it got the conversation going. I guess people were pretty critical of the list overall. Well, it's funny because there was so much controversy behind this list because people didn't look at the last part of it was by future potential. Like yeah. People were like, mm. wait, these are the 25 best players on 25 right now. You're stupid. Like, yeah, I don't know what, and do you have any thoughts Sahil, on this list at all? I don't know. I feel like Tatum is could be a little higher. My first of all, Ben Simmons, I feel is really high. I feel like he's a bit too high, in my opinion. He's too high. Okay. I feel like it. compared to like book, I feel like Booker has a better ceiling compared to Ben okay. Simmons. Who else is below him? Even like Brown, Jalen Brown, Bam. Bam has a better ceiling, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Better than you know, Harry like Better than um what I say? Um Ben Simmons. Yeah. Oh, okay. You know, Ben Simmons, I feel like is ranked way too high. Ingram could be a little higher, I feel. He should be above shy. Okay. PJ, it's fine. Morant. Trey Young's pretty low, in my opinion, too. That's kind of he, – he's already an all-star, <clears> you know. <throat> you know, with the, new, with the new coach as well, you know, I feel like he should be more respect. John Morant is way too low. He should not – so? 
Yeah, he should be John top Morant. 10 at least. John Morant's got to be top ten. Yeah, he's he's got to be top who, 10 who, who? Let me see. Would I put him ahead of Michael Porter Jr.? Yes. Hundred times out of a hundred. Jamal Murray. So. I could I could make a case for Jamal, Jamal Murray. Murray. Yeah. Jalen Brown. I think maybe I think Morant has a higher ceiling than Jalen. Brandon Ingram, yes. Yes. Shingle just <laughs> Alexander. Yes. Yes. Bam, yes. Yeah. Devin wow. Booker, no. I'd say that's about even. Ben Simmons, I think that Morant Morant will eventually pass Ben Simmons. De'Aaron Fox, yes. Could yeah. be, yeah. With the with the team, yeah. Tatum, yeah. he could be better than Tatum. I think really? so. Yeah. Donovan Mitchell. Huh. I think he could be better than that. Lamelo, it's too early wow. to say. Wow. I I like. I, I just think John Morant's just. He's he's way wow. too good. <laughs> You're not no, as high on that, uh, Morant than no. I am. No, no, Morant's the complete opposite. I feel like Morant's like good right there. Cause like I don't know, man. Like Morant, like his his size and the way he plays, in my opinion, is not ideal. You know, like like he 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 he's not much of a shooter. He's you know he's a slasher kind of player, right? And like. Mm-hmm. Just like you know, injury wise, looking injury prone as well, right? It's like how he lands on his ankles. Yeah, it's, you know, it's it's just not optimal for a player like him. I think to that point, I think I don't know how much of an impact this will actually make down the road. But I think what Derek Rose said a couple of days ago about his playing career and oh, the way that yeah. he plays now versus when he used to, I think that's yeah. that should be a kind of like a something that coaches should teach their young players, like. Mm-hmm these young drafters like you don't you shouldn't rely on your athleticism to get you buckets yeah like you should like use your athleticism for like to help you get ahead a little bit but don't rely on it to just overpower your your opponent like learn how to manage the floor and learn how to you know maneuver within within the floor as opposed to just yeah. rely on just dunking over guys or like just jumping over people to get the mm-hmm. rebound you know um but yeah. yeah to your point like he he does play aggressively yeah. which I, I would prefer more than like you know, somebody who tries to get in the lane and feels contact and flails away to the side. He tend to, like from what I've watched, he he actually like looks to try and finish as close to the rim as he can. He does. He does. Um, he throws his body yeah. in. He throws his body in. And it, and in terms of shooting, like he's gonna have time to develop that. I feel. You know, uh, I think I, I think he's I think he's got a higher ceiling than a, than a lot of these players listed ahead of him. Damn, I don't know. I don't know about that. Before I let you off, make sure you check out the Barbershop Quintet podcast on all streaming platforms. Give us a like, give us a five-star review on Apple Pod, and follow us at BB Shop Quintet Podcast on IG if you want to be involved as a guest on our panel or have any topics you'd like to discuss about. Hit us up on our IG account or email us at bbshopquintetpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your fresh inputs and ideas for this pod. Let's be your top five of the day. Bam, Bam has a good ceiling in my opinion. Bam has a really good ceiling. Bam, yeah, Bam, I, him. yeah, it's kind of it's kind of sad that he he's not willing to take that mid range jumper as much. But yeah. like if he if he extends that for next season and then maybe extend into the three point line a couple seasons from now, then yeah, he'll be a all NBA center like second team for sure i think he was third team last year right oh, he Man, was he was third team last year yeah yeah, yeah. but I, i'm saying oh, he could he could get even he higher than that yeah for sure oh yeah he could yeah no he has great ceiling. even mm-hmm. even the bonus is like i think the bonus is like after watching him play this year 
like he's really stepped up this year, right? Yeah, I feel I like think... you know he can. He should he should be a little higher up. Yeah, yeah I, I think, think I think Sabonis got shafted because of the team he's playing on, right? It's such a small market yeah. team; they don't get much TV time. It's uh, come on, like you gotta yeah. look at like Sabonis, Sabonis, and Vucevic are basically very similar in how they play and their stats as well. Like maybe Sabonis doesn't stretch yeah. out the three, but like besides that, like they're pretty similar in stats. And like it, it's just unfortunate the Pacers don't get a lot of TV time, so you miss out on guys like TJ McConnell, you miss out on guys yeah. like Brogdon, Miles Turner, right? Yeah, Brogdon's amazing. Yeah, yeah, Brogdon's amazing. Man. I think Anthony Edwards should be uh, higher than Sabonis and Bridges, at least. Uh, you don't, you're Bridges. not fan I don't hate this list, per se. Some of the, the rankings done by those who actually put it together, I think some of, some of them just stick out like a sore thumb to me. Like yeah. with Tatum being so like outside of the top 10. Like, yeah. yeah. I, don't hate the, I don't hate the list, but... Like, it's, it's all right. It, it's not bad. But like you know, some players are just too high, and some players are just too low. Huh. Lonzo's fine there. Collins could be better, in my opinion. Like Collins, like I think like it's just Hawks. Like you know the way you know you have Capello, you know like guard. That's like, true. You know I don't know. I feel like Collins should be a lot higher. He has a lot of potential, and he has a crazy three point shot too, right? Like he's, you know, he does it all, right? For me, I think Sexton's at Sexton at twenty five is way too low. <laughs> Think she should be, mm. should be like at twenty or like late teens at least. Like, I don't know. Yeah, he's, he's, he single handedly beat the Nets twice. The Nets yeah. with three. Like, how? Like Big three. Yeah, Not yeah, sure. right. So like, yeah, even he, just he, that game, like he has so much potential, and he's only twenty two. Yeah. So that's very young. Yeah, I don't he, know, but, he should be above Aiden, in my opinion. Yeah, DeAndre Aiden's been Aiden. disappointing. Not gonna lie, to bro. Him. Yeah. DeAndre Aiden. I don't know, man. Like you know, like I, I guess it works for the Phoenix Suns. But like he is very severely underperforming this year. Yeah, I have. He had, he had a decent game today, though. He did. He did. He, yeah, he, he yeah, bodied yeah. AD. He bodied AD he for did. sure. Yeah, he kept AD. Oh, that was good. That's really good. Um. Okay. So now we're gonna head into um the all NBA team predictions here. Again, I think one of the very few podcasts. I think it was a second basketball podcast that we had. Uh, Cullum, myself, Sahil. Andy Kwok and Ben, uh, Ben Carlos. We were all on the on the podcast and we we're doing our all NBA team predictions. So let's just rush through it, compare what we got for our first, second, and third teams, and see if there's any snubs as well or anything that we want to debate about and like who shouldn't be there and whatnot. So um, <laughs> let's go with because I guess Cullum went. Cullum, you went third, right? on yep. the list so column you got to go first in terms of sharing your first all nba team then sahil you'll share your second actually no come you go first second third and then sahil you go first second third and i'll go my first yep. all right third. yeah you just want me to list it like I'd... yeah okay. just one two sure, three sure. all right so first team i have steph curry luka Doncic, Giannis, mm-hmm. Kawhi, mm-hmm. and Jokic. okay second team i've got lillard damian lillard Chris mm-hmm. Paul, Jimmy Butler, mm-hmm. Julius Randle, and Joel Embiid. Okay. Uh, and in third team, I mm-hmm. have Westbrook, Beal. I've got Paul George. I have I have Gobert at my center. Why are you leaving your last board last? 
Are you making controversial? I'm trying to, I'm trying to contemplate. I put on my list Jason Tatum, but I okay. could have put. I was thinking about putting putting LeBron there instead. Okay, but, but I Jason figured Tatum he, is your pencil then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, it was. I. I don't know about you guys. I found like this year was like it was harder, yeah. especially with Embiid. Like I, I wanted to put Embiid in the first team, but I feel like he played center the whole year, so yeah, can't. I'd rather take Jokic this time around. Yeah. Mm. Well, Jokic played power forward a lot this year. Uh no, he played center. Really? He played mostly I, I swear, center. I, yeah, I, I swear there were a lot of games he was power forward though. No, because he 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 would be playing center, and then it was either Aaron Gordon or Millsap, right? The four. Fuck! What, what was I thinking then? Damn, you're right. <laughs> you thinking Nurkic? Were you thinking Nurkic? No, no, I swear, I swear, I saw there there were a lot of games where he was. But I'm trying to remember who the center was then. That was if it wasn't Jokic. What? Oh, whatever. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. My bad. I, I, I guess I missed it. All right. My bad. And is Cantor? No, I'm no, just kidding. Wait, I'm looking at the <laughs> wrong team. I'm trying to look at the team here. Hmm. Bull Bull. I'm surprised Bull Bull doesn't get minutes. Yeah. Um, this is so sad. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you how, where who would play center on the Nuggets. What's yeah, that? Wow. Wow. I'll edit okay. that out. I'll make you sound smart. Don't worry. Yeah, thank I'm you. Awesome. Yeah, take, take that part out. <laughs> yeah, um, that, was, that was my three teams. Interesting. Okay, okay. let's go through Sawhill's team, and then we'll go through my teams, and we can compare to see who we got okay. here. Your first, second, and third, please. So this is like very, very hard this year, in my opinion. There's a lot of players I left out, which mm-hmm. I wish I didn't. Mm-hmm. But all right, so point guard Curry, small guard Harden. So Wait, did, did you say small card? Oh my god, shooting. Oh my god, bro. Okay, yo, this happens to me way too often because I don't know. In 2K, hear me, hear me out, hear me out. It was 2K16, like way back. You know, I I'm, kept... just, I'm just pulling your leg right now. You don't have to heavily justify. No, you no, said I, ha- I, ha- I have to, I have to because this, this is way too common for me. It, it, it dates back to back then. I, I kept. <clears throat> I, I I made a shooting guard, but for some reason I kept saying small guard that whole year. I was like, "Yo, my two K player is a small guard." And I was like, "What are you talking about?" And I was like, "Oh, I meant shooting guard." And it, it just stuck with me for these past years. And I, every time I'm like, "Yeah, Harden is my favorite, like you know, shooting guard." I, I accidentally say small guard, and they're like, "What? You mean small form?" I'm like, "No, oh my, oh my bad. Sorry, long story." <laughs> But yeah, no, it's very right. embarrassing. And now so I guess online. I guess now we want to know is who's your sh- who's your shooting forward. <laughs> God damn it! Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, I I feel embarrassed, but whatever. Anyways, uh, continuing. Small forward Kawhi. Power forward Giannis. Center Jokic. Hmm. Second team point guard Lillard. Shooting guard um, Luca. Small forward. Butler, power forward Randall, mm-hmm. and center Embiid. Third team point guard CP3, shooting guard Beal, mm-hmm. small forward LeBron, power forward KD, okay. and then center Gobert. Okay, interesting. Okay, yeah. Um, Little interesting. So for, so for my list, I had my first team. I had Steph, Luca, Kawhi, Giannis, and Jokic. My second team had Dame, CP, Jimmy, Rando, and Gobert. That's probably the more controversial pick right there. My third team, this is where it gets pretty nasty. 
again, like like Callum said and Salah said, this year has been really tough, especially for all the positions. For sure, there wasn't. It was so hard. Beal for sure is in there. I put Kyrie Irving. It was just weird not to have a no Nets in there. Yeah, and then LeBron, PG, and Embiid as my third. So last year, Sawhill and I had this exact same first team and second team. And this year we had yep. the exact same second team. And we actually all had the same player's second team except Tony swapped out Gobert and Embiid. Yeah. Well. Well, Embiid and Gobert for Embiid and Gobert for me was like interchangeable. I I, I could have definitely put Embiid in my second, but then he missed games. Oh, I, I was thinking why. about putting Embiid first team and taking Kawhi out. That was my pit. That so was- you were gonna you were gonna do what a lot of the media had the op- or the voters had the option to do this year I, was that guard forward or forward center slots. If if I was to make a list that was mm. much more it was more tailored to like on the first team who are like the five best players, mm. then I would take Kawhi out and I'd put Embiid in, even though Embiid mm. missed some time. But then Gobert on my second team just felt kind of weird. But yeah. yeah, it's interesting that none of you had Westbrook either. I thought that the Wizards, the Wizards squeaking into the playoffs to me was like that's that Westbrook's an All NBA team because he still averages yeah. a triple double, which nobody else outside of Doncic does anymore. The, the, that, that was just it was just hard for me, in my opinion, to like put Westbrook over Chris Paul or Lillard or Curry, especially what they're doing this year, right? I think Westbrook's season has been amazing. Don't get me wrong, but like I, I just can't imagine putting him over them. Yeah, but they. I felt like Washington when Washington went on that run at the end of the season. I was like, yeah, Westbrook's pretty, pretty freaking good. Felt yeah. kind of egregious to leave him off. But it also, like to Tony's point, it, it felt weird. I was thinking about putting Irving in there, but then I was like, if it does feel weird not having a Nets player in in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It that, does. That, those two last guard positions were the hardest for me to decide. Yeah, because I, I was do. either like forwards too, the forwards too, because really? like. You know, I I put yeah, Tatum in there, but like you could put LeBron in there as well. Like, yeah, it's not like clear. Paul cut. George, anyone? Yeah, yeah I don't know. My the last two guard positions were me for were were a toss up. My thing is this: I didn't put Westbrook in just because his first twenty five games are so trash. Mm-hmm. Um, I look at the whole season in entirety. I get I get voting becomes a recency bias thing as well for the most part. Like it was great yeah. timing how Westbrook just got his run in and just did the way he did. Um, yeah, but for like Irving over Harden, I could have put uh, Harden there too. The thing is, this Harden at the end of the day, he is MVP candidate out of the three for sure. Irving, however, and this is where this is where I'm a bit surprised for your team, Sahil, that you have Harden as your number, like your first team shooting guard, which is quite high in my opinion, because not only he got injured, not only he was a but fart this year in terms of the first 20 games in Houston, right? Or whatever, his first five games in Houston, whatever, right? And he was trying yeah. to cause all the drama. But, I mean, Irving's been the most consistent, if anything, just mm. health-wise and just stats-wise. So, I, uh, I know Harden was a tough one for me. I I, um, I could have put him on my third. If there was a fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, you know, I'd definitely put him. Except when Irving went on leave and then he was on a Zoom chat. You yeah. know, remember that? Yeah, remember that from earlier? Yeah, far like it might be not not consistent. Might be just just in a sense where like you know, Irving was you know he took so many games off for personal reasons. You know, like on court, I think Harden was playing the most, and the Nets 
out of all the big three. Like he was I, playing the granted, best. Granted, no, he got injured. Like he was the best, and he was like, you know, when with without the other two players, he was doing the most for the team compared to if it was just Irving and like Harden and KD were out. He was not winning the games the way Harden was. Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? Like, 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 was that confusing? I don't, I don't know if that's confusing or not. But like, Harden just had more of an impact on the team compared to Irving. You, you can take Irving out and. Nets are still a championship team. You take Harden now, then it's like, okay. Like, they're still really good, but, like, there's still a lot of holes in the system and the way to play. Mm-hmm. Harden's much more valuable, the way I see uh, it. Tanoi, we're just talking about all, all NBA teams. Do you have yours, by chance, that you want to read out? Your first, second, and third? Um, I do have my first all-NBA, if that works. Yeah, that works, yeah. Hey y'all, as you heard, sadly, I do not have sponsors, but I do have very amazingly talented friends and apps that I like to share and shamelessly plug in here. The stunning and sleek hand-drawn and hand-painted logo that you've seen, go check my friend Ashley at her IG account at ashley.bydesign. That's A-S-H-E-L-Y dot B-Y-D-E-S-I-G-N for your creative and artsy needs. And now for a banger of an intro and outro, check out my musically talented mastermind friend, Dylan, at his IG account, at ByDylan. That's at B-Y-D-I-L-L-E-N. For all of your music production and beats, two apps y'all need to try out, Canva, where I have created some of my social media content and promo from, and GroupPad. For the sick West Coast transitions you heard before this plug and right before we get back to the program. Now go check them out and we'll be right back. Okay. So I got Steph Curry, Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, Donovan Mitchell, and Luka Doncic. Donovan Mitchell. Okay. Donovan Mitchell. First yep. team. First team. Oh. I'd like to hear that one because I, I haven't heard Donovan Mitchell in any of the, not just any of the all NBA teams. I haven't heard his name at any of them, let alone the first team. So I had, I put Ben Simmons in there and then I realized like, I don't think he's first team all NBA this year's coach because his points have taken a hit. Mm. Defensively, he's been playing really well. Um, Mitchell, genuinely, I, I haven't looked up at his um, average since he went, got hurt, since he went down. But Utah has been on a tear. And Donovan Mitchell's individual play, I think it's stood out, especially since Shaq called him out like early in the season. Yeah. But I'm going I'm to take a look and see his actual ratings post-injury. But my whole point being with Donovan Mitchell is just that he stepped it up individually, individual plays. His assists have gone up too. And um, – yeah, I just think he definitely like deserves to be all first all team NBA, but his injury, I think he's been at what over two. Yeah, he he played fifty three games in the regular season, yeah. so he was out for nineteen, which so, I think is pretty much on par with like Embiid, Harden, LeBron. It is, yeah. So that's uh, that's one of my guys in there that I had to think about just because of his play uh, this season. But yeah, that's um, 
this whole new ab in there. Now, what do you guys think of that? Again, I, I mean, there's no doubt Donovan Mitchell's played well, but it, it when I was looking at just kind of comparing what other people had to say about all NBA teams, like he didn't, he might have like jumped into a couple of third all, all NBA teams, mm-hmm. but he was never anything higher than that. Yeah. Like, I don't know, compared to our list, like who did we put instead? We put Lillard, put Doncic, put CP. Chris Paul, Chris, yeah. Bradley Beal, Luca. Luca, yeah. Although yeah, I guess you could put Luca at the forward if you really wanted to, but uh, I, I like Donovan Mitchell on an All NBA team. It's a little different, uh, but I don't know if I'd put him first team. Yeah, okay. be a little might be ambitious. Yeah, I think yeah, that's like, where it, that's where it's it stuck out to me too. The like um, that Mitchell going to the first team, especially, but also um, we just had this actually had this point too of conversation where before you jumped on to Noy, where uh, Cullum was like. I wish I could turn. I could have turned Embiid into a power forward with Jokic on the first team. And in fact, you did it yourself. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that's another thing that stuck out with your first team. So that's quite interesting, mm-hmm. actually. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like, in my opinion, like Utah is more like a, they're doing so well collectively because their coaching and the way they play as a team is really impressive, right? Mm. As compared to like individual accomplishments, in my opinion, I think that's why like Mitchell doesn't get much recognition for like all mm. NBA teams or like online and stuff, right? Even without Mitchell, like Utah still doing amazing, right? With, you know, Clarkson and Joe Ingles, you know, they're doing amazing, right? So I feel like, you know, that's just my opinion. Like, it's just a, Utah's more of a team, team, team. Like, I got like a team. team. What the fuck am I saying? There we go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Yeah, I'm like, what am I saying? Team, team. What the fuck is that? <laughs> no, yeah. It's a man's yeah, no, man. That's what I'm saying. So I, I just pulled it up. In the 53 games Mitchell has been here, so this is his fourth year in the NBA, career-high average on points, 26.5, career-high assists, career-high uh, rebounds, uh, career-high three-point percentage at 38%, though. That's really – that's okay. That's honestly not horrible. So he's having a career year, but those 53 games is what really stands out because every other year he's played more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I, I could see why it's, it is very ambitious compared to guys like Dame, CP, but I uh, got him on there, man. Mm-hmm. Can't sleep on D Mitchell. The interesting thing, just to compare and contrast this all NBA lists to the one we did in the last year's podcast, mm-hmm. we all had Curry first team. Yep. The Warriors didn't make the playoffs. In the last podcast, people said they didn't put Trey Young, they didn't put Bradley Beal on their all NBA teams because neither of their teams made the playoffs. So why does Curry get a pass? Because they made the play-in tournament, which they lost yeah. both games. They you lost know, to the I, Memphis Grizzlies at home. I think yeah. I think this is it. He he broke records this year, bro. Yeah, yeah. like he 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 demolished his own records. And not only that, you've seen the detriment of how the team is without Steph Curry compared to this year, where you have Steph Curry alone. Everyone's confidence and aura just picks just oh, shuts sure. up right Draymond yeah, yeah, yeah. Green probably has one of the best seasons he's had like in a couple of years now like it's insane yeah. like he's gonna be the second defensive team yeah. all team like he's averaging nine assists per game because of him Jordan Poole's blowing up Juan Toscano Anderson is a yeah. player in this league yeah. because of Steph like Andrew Wiggins <laughs> has blown up because of Steph like we didn't Wiggins think... been playing really well right especially like yeah. the second half of the season I've been really impressed yeah. So, yeah. I mean, besides yeah. that, like, without Steph, that's a team with Draymond and a whole bunch of G-leaguers and no names, to be honest with you. 
whole mm. bunch of draft, whole, whole bunch of trade assets, yeah. basically. Right. Yeah, trade no trade fill. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. I was just going to say, I, I agree with your point. I was just, you know, because I, I have Curry on my first team. I just thought it was interesting that we dismissed Trey and Beal last year. But I think Beal, Beal definitely got, because you guys mentioned you had him in your first, uh, first team. He's definitely deserving of it. I think more so last year. I feel like definitely slept on more so last year when he was putting up most of the season himself. With Steph this year, I think what stood out was just the Warriors are shorthanded with their core guys. So I think that stands out a bit, but it's also a different Warriors team. And then there's just this narrative that yes. Steph Curry fell off because he just, just hurt. And so now that's paying off right now at the end of his career, where, or sorry, at the end of the season where MVP votes are up there for Steph, first team. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think that's why, just their narrative, the way it's played. And he's also just been bald now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I also feel like, you know, Beal last year can be compared to Fox this year. The way they're both, you know, Fox also having an amazing year, right? He did. Like, amazing year. But, like, you'll never see him in an NBA team, right? Just because of, like, you know, team, how the you know, Kings are doing, organization, all that reasons, right? Similar to Beal last year, right? Wizards, he was amazing individually, but the team, Wizards are trash, right? Mm-hmm. So, I feel like that's, like, a good comparison. And, like, Curry is doing amazing, right? And it's hard too, man. Like making an all NBA first, second, and third team, and just not based yeah. on an all star. Like it's not all star game, so you can't like just be like, "Oh, we're not basing this on the record. We're just basing it on the fact that you guys are big names, right? Like these guys yeah. actually are the 15 best players in the league." Yeah. Right. Moving on to our next question here, just blast this out for me here. Top five teams to win it all this year. Goes back homage to our very first episode. Let's go to Tanoi first because you've been uh, MIA the past yeah. hour. <laughs> yeah, so sorry about that. Yeah, no worries, bro. So top five teams I got to win this year. Got Brooklyn Nets. Mm. Got the Philadelphia 76ers. Got the Los Angeles Lakers because they're the returning champions. You know, I'm very worried for them. The Clippers and the Utah Jazz. Okay. Oh, go on. Say the Knicks. You know you want to. Come on. <laughs> I would support you in that. Oh, man. I wish I could. I wish I could. This, I'm honestly, this is good enough for me where they're at right now. Being the Atlanta, the first, well, I, I'm sure the game's over by now. I haven't even looked, but. Uh, another tight right now in the fourth quarter. Yeah. 73 yeah. 73. I think they can beat in the first round. Mm. But I'll, I think I'll so take too. that. I'll take that as a win. I'll take them being there as a win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those, those are my top five teams. Um, the Nuggets, if Jamal Murray didn't get hurt, he would have been there. Mm. Um, Portland, I honestly, I don't think they're uh, they're one piece away. They've been one piece away for many years, and they're, mm-hmm. they'll continue to be that team that just is one piece away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I'll, I'll leave it at that for now. Yeah. Well, it's, it's sad your internet went down when it did because I, on my list I was – I was basically rubbing the Knicks' cock right there, just like <laughs> giving a nice hand job. So, and you weren't there for that. Oh shit! <laughs> but um, let's move on to Sayo. What's your choices for the top five teams to win at all this year? All right. Please don't say the Rockets, because you know that's a <laughs> far fetched. No, number one, Rockets. No, Nets, obviously. Lakers, obviously. Clippers. I really think they'll. I really think they'll have a good run for it, especially the Rondo and the team. 
I think that's what they needed. Mm. Utah, you know, I think they have a really good chance as well. And I'm I'm actually really rooting for this team right now. Uh, Miami. Mm. I I, re- I really think they can make. I I wouldn't bet against Butler, in my opinion. I would never bet against Butler. Mm-hmm. I, I I think he he has that mentality to go to the finals and win. You know, he has that killer instinct. Mm. So I I think Miami. Okay. okay. Cullum. Yeah, you know, actually, my list is the exact same as Tanoy's. I have Brooklyn, and I, and quite honestly, I have Brooklyn as the team to beat right now. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's, I mean, maybe Philly and LA and the Lakers can compete, but I think they're the clear number one. Yeah. But um, I have Philly, Utah, um, and the Clippers and the Lakers. Mind you, Clippers playing last night really worried me. Like, they yeah. didn't like the way that they played there, but it's just one game. I was thinking about Phoenix more, not because more because of the fact that they're playing the Lakers in the first round. So if you're going to upset it, if you're going to like upset a team, you might as well try and upset the defending champs. So that's kind of like their best chance to win is, is, is through that way. But mm-hmm. no, I, I have the exact same list as Tanoi here. Okay, cool. It's going to be weird. Cause I, uh, I have this team on my top five and I helped my buddy make out a bracket. And I didn't have them making out the first round. So, uh, Sorry, Justin. My number. <laughs> I have the Nets winning it all. Lakers second. Clips third. Again, I think this year's different from last year for sure. I just have that inkling. Um, even though last night, yeah, they took a big L from the Mavs. But again, that's like what Colum said. It's just one game. And I mean, if you know, if you know, there's a team that knows how to tank. It's fucking the Clips. So, based on the OKC game that we've seen, right? So. Um, mm-hmm. and then number four is philly and then number five is a team that i told my buddy that would not make out of the first round but i think they they'll still make it the bucks i think it's gonna be mm. different this year i don't trust the bucks anymore i i can't trust i can't trust Giannis down the stretch okay i think this is the middleton though the middleton yeah. down the stretch that, that, that drew middle drew is maybe where yeah. the key drew, factor is yeah. right so i i want to ask all three of you so is it the Bucks as a team not being able to pull through, or is it right now who they're matching up against, which is Miami? Like what's the real factor here? Is it the matchup, or is it the team in general? I mean, do you think that? Do you think that in the back of their heads they're thinking, "Oh God, we're playing against Miami again"? In the first round, they shit stomped us in five games. So, so you're saying you're saying Miami's living in the uh, head rent free. Basically, yeah, yep. I think I think they have like a you know, like a timeshare. They'll go there on vacation every now and then. <laughs> they'll 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 spend some time there. But I, I think what it what I've seen, and I I just listened to Stephen A. and like just the first take. You know, those guys as much as theatrical as it is, they have some good takes. Giannis mentioned basically that he was talking about the matchup against Miami, and he was basically saying that hey, like it's possible that you know that things might not go our way against Miami and I think it's true because it happened once it's possible it could happen again mm. um, I don't think Miami's that good of a team I think they just got super lucky last year mm. I, I trust Eric Spolstra I trust the system of Miami to really play well but I don't trust him to make another deep run like they did last year Drogic got hurt towards the end of the push last year and he's a big time player for them they play well as a system, but when you have basically when it comes down to is your 
big guys performing at down the stretch. I think Milwaukee added Drew and him playing well is key. Giannis will do what he does and Middleton will step up in moments. So I have more faith in the Bucks this time around. I think there was a lot of luck on Miami side last year. That's why I have the Bucks up there. I think adding Drew does add a different element into there. It's not Bledsoe first off. And then also, I feel like last year, because it was the bubble, that's an anomaly in itself. Like, seeing the heat being in that whole, you know, that whole mentality was, they, they did get lucky, I would say. I think there is a bit of luck with every champion or every championship, right, or every championship run. And they were the Cinderella team. No one expecting them to win or go into the finals. Fuck. Yeah. Except the Lakers to this. Hmm? Except Andy, shout out to Andy. <laughs> shout out to Andy, yeah. But, um, Facts. So, uh, like, Cullum, this is going to hurt you and me too. But that block, that bam last second block on Tatum. Oh, like, my God. That was lucky as fuck. No, I don't that skill. No, no. That was skill. Miami, Miami played no outplayed Boston that whole series. They had better planning, yeah. they had better. No, we were we were done. We were done after the first series. We gave that platter to Toronto, and Toronto didn't want it. Let's be yeah. honest. Well, like the thing about Miami is that they just have a bunch of they have players that'll just say, you know, they can go one for eleven from three point range and they'll say, you know what, fuck it. I'm still gonna sh- chuck the shot yeah. off. And you're still scared because it's yeah. Duncan Robinson. It's Tyler Heroes. It's it's Drogic as well to a certain extent. Yeah. Where it's like if they're left, if they're open, or even if they're taking a contested shot, you're 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 scared. Mm. Yeah, you know. Do, yeah. And Milwaukee only has one kind of guy like that, which is Middleton. Like he's the only guy that can pull out from pretty much anywhere, and you're like, oh mm-hmm. shit, the, the ball's probably going to go in, mm-hmm. right? So I, I think actually getting that first win against Miami was was huge, mm-hmm. right? Because oh, yeah. if they had lost that game, you know what everybody's going to be saying. Oh, yeah, Giannis shot 6 of 13 from the free throw line. Of course he did. Yeah. He's, Sha- he's <laughs> the modern-day Shaq, you know. Where's his Kobe? Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, I, I don't have much faith in the Bucks this year. I think last year, the way that they, they crumpled in the bubble, it, it, yeah. I just lost complete, complete faith in them. But – uh, in, in my opinion, Giannis doesn't have like that killer instinct that like these championship players do. You know what I mean? Like he, 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 even last year when just like, not at the free throw uh, line, not, <laughs> not not even that. <laughs> Remember last year during an interview, Giannis was like, "Oh, like he he didn't want to guard Butler, like the best player on the team." You know, you, you, just just that just that mentality where like he's scared to guard like the best player is like it's not something a superstar should have, right? I don't know. I feel like. Yeah, I don't right. remember. To be honest, I don't remember him saying that. I didn't know if it was. I didn't know Ooh, if it was. was that. It, he did once, it, it was. I, I thought it was more that it was like a system decision, like to not have Giannis yeah. on. That's what I thought it was. I swear, I swear, it was Giannis. Person was like, no, I, I, I chose not to like guard the best player. Hmm. Yeah, I think I did hear something remnant like that. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I remember everyone's going crazy. Everyone's like, like yeah, and he just Giannis. won Depoy too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It was the exact same time. Yeah. 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 That, in my opinion, it was that's basically. Like I, I agree with not being that guy. I agree with your point overall. So it's like if mm-hmm. you're the guy on your team, you should be guarding the best guy, especially when you're known to be good defensively. Yeah. So you're in, instinctively, as a player, as a leader, you should want to step up. But um, I remember last year, what happened was they basically didn't put Giannis on Jimmy, and 
they questioned him about the matchup, and he said, hey, I'm just going to do whatever the coach wants me to do. Yeah. And it was more of a system decision. And they said Giannis is better guarding those gaps in between passing. He's better defensively in those situations. Mm. But uh, basketball is that comes down to matchups, and you're playing a team that's more like that's the thing. It's like every matchup is different team to team, but um, on the floor, I think every now and then a player should know when to step up and really yeah. take charge because you're on the floor. The team's not your coach isn't out there doing all the work or seeing everything every single moment. I think it's important depending on the matchup for him to step up, especially set the tone as a leader. Oh, I definitely agree. Yeah, hundred percent. As a leader, you have to set the tone, right? Mm-hmm. Hopefully, yeah, that's why that's why CP is so successful, and all his teams are so yeah. successful, right? So, a good leader, yeah. yeah. I'm glad LeBron's successful too. He's a good leader, man. You know, exactly. Yeah, that's wow. that's why that's why that's why like if you look at Kawhi, like he's not a leader. When he was on the Spurs, he had Duncan, he had Ginobili, yeah. he had Parker. But then when yeah. he was in Toronto, you can arguably say he had Ibaka, he had Lowry, he had yep. Gasol. Yep. When yeah. when he goes to the Clippers. He's that leader, but yeah, he couldn't yeah. perform and they melted. <laughs> like, yeah, right, but, yeah, I agree. That's that's a problem. That's why I feel like Rondo is a great addition to Clips because he's mm-hmm. actually a leader, right? Mm-hmm. Like behind the scenes and on court, right? So I feel like yeah. that's gonna be a good addition for the Clips this season for this playoff run. I mean, now before we go into the buzz cutting around here, let's go recap our list of top five transactions for the NBA season this past year. Um, let's just switch things up a bit here. Let's start off with the bad first. Tanoi, can you start us off with your list, please? Recap your list. Just to recap the list, top five worst transactions, no particular order. Andre Drummond buying out from the Cleveland Cavaliers. Orlando Magic, but anyway, Nikola Vucevic, Aaron Gordon, Terrence Ross, a bunch of the players. Mason Plumlee and Detroit Pistons. That signing was just random, unnecessary. Uh, Houston Rockets trading for Karis LeVert and then trading him for a injury-prone Victor Oladipo. And then last was the Pelicans signing Isaiah Thomas. Okay. Thank you so much, Tanoy. Really appreciate that. And we'll see you in the buzz cut lightning round. Let's go with the next bad here. Double bad, back-to-back. Cullum, can you please recap your list, please? Yep. So I had the hiring the hiring of head coach Nate Bjorkren for mm-hmm. the Indiana Pacers. Davis Berton's fantastic five-year, $80 million contract <laughs> to sit in the corner and shoot. For the last three, I had the Rockets trading carousel for, for Oladipo, the John Wall for Westbrook swap, as well as the Rockets trading Harden for pennies on the dollar, I would mm-hmm. say. So those are my five. All right, perfect, Colin. Thank you for your time again, as always. Sahel, let's be a let's, – let's, let's hype things up a bit here. Um, can you give us the five best transactions of the season, please? Of course I can. And no particular order. So obviously, Doc Rivers, basically every trade for Philly, Doc Rivers, mm-hmm. Curry, Green, CP3 to Suns, you know, contender right now. Mm-hmm. Westbrook to Wizards, mm-hmm. Harden to Nets, and Thibs to Knicks. Thank you, Sahil. Again, as always, appreciate your time. Uh, and uh, Thank you. Keep keep that hat snug and warm for us. Someone's gonna take it today um, from you. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so going with my list number five, we have Rock the Cradle, uh, Mister Triple Double, Westbrook to the Wizards. Um, number four, the 
really surprising. The subtraction of Lloyd Pierce, former coach of the Atlanta Hawks, uh, and the promotion of Nate McMillan, basically saying number four. Number three, horse man, coach man, Doc Rivers. Number two, point guard, CP3 to the Suns. And number one, the trifecta front office and coach of Leon Rose, Worldwide West, and Dibs to the Knicks. Now going to the buzz cut line around here. Um, Tanoi, I know you've done this once, right? You were like about half a year ago. Well, actually, no, almost a year ago. And um, with everyone else, you've done this multiple times. So, um, but I'm just going to give Tanoi and our listeners at home a quick refresher here. So, again, you have to quickly formulate a convincing buy and an argument on top of that list or topic of my choosing. No briberies, please. Answers can be unique or original as possible. No need to be logical or illogical here. Based on the arguments, I, the decider, will pick which answer will resonate with me the most. However, only catches that each guest has a total of 50 seconds for the argument. Go over the time, or if they can't finish the argument, they'll get penalized points, and I may give the oppositional guests an advantage. Before we bring up the random number generator to decide who gets to go first, second, and third, I'm going to introduce you to the topics. So I give these topics always as an, an advance to my guests, but for the guests at home, this is your first time hearing this. On the internet. There's a rumor, speculation going around that Kawhi Leonard is dropping an album, which is very peculiar. It's just going to be all auto-tune. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just going to be, I think it's all going to be like one word and then the whole instrumental and him saying another word. That's it. That's all he's going to say. All could be zeros and ones. Yeah, basically. Binary, right? Binary, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know. In the basketball culture, musical, hip-hop culture, we know how NBA players love to be hip-hop artists and hip-hop artists love to be basketball players. So in this case, because Kawhi is such a peculiar or very, you know, off-the-rails sort of player, you wouldn't expect to see drop a rap album. A rap album. My question to these gentlemen here today is, who is the most obscure player that you would like to see drop an album and what would their sing first single be called? So I hope y'all racked up a very unique answer for me today because I'm ready to be entertained. Before we do that, let's go into random number generator here. Saho, you went first. So give me a number between one to 25, please. This time I'm going to go with my boy, Jordan. So number 23. Number 23. Tanoi, you went second. What's your number, please? I'm going to go with number 24. Oh, Keep close. oh why would you go over? Okay. <laughs> uh, guess I respect to Kobe again. I am assuming. Oh, true. Uh, I wouldn't know. Now, now, column. Are you going to choose number 25? <laughs> Just to do it. No, you know what? I'm going to get, I'm going to go with number 11 because uh, a certain individual just hit a game winner. In a certain game just now, so I think an ode to him. No, Trey Young. Mm-hmm. No way. Okay. One hundred seven, one hundred five to the Hawks. Okay, so right. gotta choose him. Live update. All right. So it's still right. saying number. Don't 12. worry, Tanoi. They'll get him next time. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> the seven I'm, game series. Man. I'm trying to watch it. I couldn't get it up. So, hey man, it's okay. Sorry for the spoils. <laughs> wow. No worries. It's okay. I'll be alright. So it's saying number twelve, spinning the random number generator three. To Cullum, you got to go first. <laughs> of course, I do. Um, I didn't choose 25 this time. <laughs> Saho, you got to go second, and Tanoi, you got to go third. Cullum, I'm going to bring up a timer here. 
Come, do you have your buzz cut lightning round question for me? Give me my answer. Your yes. answer, yes. What do you think I meant? <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm ready. To, I'm ready to go whenever. All right. Your buzz cut lightning round starts in three, two. So obscurity is a weird thing. Obscurity can come from someone who has never seen the light of day, never gotten the attention they deserve. It could be from someone who was at the top at one point and then fell from grace. What better way to get back to obscurity than a, than a hot rap song? And what better way to do it than to go back on the guy that sung about you during your rookie year? So, yeah, so my choice is Mo Bamba with the hot single Shaq West. That will be a banger. <laughs> okay, 10 seconds left. Okay, okay. And I, uh, it's like, I thought you had a script you were reading off at first. No, I, I didn't. Like, I kind of... <laughs> that was really well articulated, I will say that. Probably one of the, one of the best articulated uh, Buzz Cutline rounds you had. So, all right. Um, going with my second guest here, Saho. Do you have your Buzz Cutline round answer right for me? Yes, I actually just changed it last minute, so let's see how it goes. Based on Column's answer? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, before okay. that, before that. <laughs> okay, okay. Saho, your buzz cut line round starts in three, two. You know, so I have to give this this to one of my one of my favorite players right now. And to this league's MVP, just because this is a man that when he speaks, man, like he's a man of few words, but he 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 has some very funny sayings. If you, if you guys don't remember that interview he had where he got fined for saying homo, and he was like, oh, my bad. I, I, I don't know. Okay, this is a bad argument. But man, this, Jokic would drop a hot ass single. <laughs> like, this guy would be so funny. <laughs> That's all I got. I don't know. That's all I got. That's What's the title? What's the title? Homo. <laughs> No, no, <laughs> Tony. You know that you know the monetization you get from this podcast. It's no more. I had none ones to start with. So well, now it's not, now you owe Spotify. Now you, now you owe Spotify. <laughs> Thanks, Tony. No, I, I think I think cancel culture would just cut me off right there. So. Oh. Uh, well, we know who's not going to win today. If you said homo milk because he looks like a bag of milk, then okay. Bro, um, man. I, 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 I was just playing an interview in my head when Jokic was like, oh, I can't say homo. I, don't know, I thought it was really funny. Okay. He's, he's a funny man. He's a it funny was a moment man. of realization in the moment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> By like the last 10 seconds, you're like, Fuck, I fucked yeah, up. This thing, yeah. <laughs> bro, bro, What's the it, title? It, it, What's the title of the song? Please don't say that one word. Please don't say that. <laughs> what do you do, Sawhill? Well, this, this reminds me of last time I did Buzz Cut Lightning Round, and I was like... Um, okay, let's I not bring up your... Tr- no, let's not bring that up. You, you fucked up so hard, and you're lucky you got the profit hat. That was your redemption point, okay? Yeah. That, this is what redeemed. we call regression to the mean. You have re- one really good podcast and good takes, and now That's it. it goes downhill. <laughs> dragging you down. Yeah. That's it. I'm done. I'm going home. <laughs> you are home. <laughs> exactly. All right, Tanoi, I mean... You really have nothing to compete against after that. There's, there's really no. I mean, column. Besides, I'm column. Oh. But I mean, 
he really didn't really continue to set the bar after that. Oh, so man. you have really small shoes to fill up. So okay. So Tanoy, are you ready for your buzz cut lightning round? I am. I am. All right, Tanoy, your buzz cut lightning round starts in three, two. So picture this. It's next year. Gordon Hayward's still hurt. Charlie needs to pick someone up. What do they do? They sign player in the African League, J. Cole, on a 10-day contract. <laughs> J. Cole's 37 this year round. He's a vet. He's played overseas. Comes in, plays a couple games, gets signed, and drops a banger called 10-day. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Cole's going to come to the league. It might happen, guys. I'm telling you, it might happen. <laughs> I love the title. Holy shit. 10-day. I love it. I love it. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Well, you, would you count that as obscure, though? Because J. Cole, I mean, he's not an obscure person. But I guess he doesn't play basketball. But... <laughs> yeah. Never know. Well, uh, this got really interesting real quick. Saho, of course you're not going to win. I'm sorry. What the fuck was why that? Not? What the fuck? Hey, why not? You want to you answer why not? Let's, let's go back. No, I'll rewind. You know what's going to happen? 20, 20 years from now, I'm going to get fired from some institution because some guys. <laughs> it's your fault, son. Okay, okay. well, my first choice was Anthony Edwards. But then I switched oh, them to Jokic. Yeah. He I does have the Anthony best Edwards. interviews right now. I won't say that. That's and what I'm saying. From ATL. I, love I love the one where he's yeah. just like, oh, you got a really cool accent. I want to learn that someday. I was yeah. Like, cool. I was like, that's cool. The Irish one. The Irish one. Yeah. Or they have um, to get Popeyes. Huh. I will say, Tanoi, I commend you for the hot, for the grind and the hustle that you found that loophole of putting into existence that J. Cole might be playing the NBA. I was going to pick yours. And then Cullum had to remind me of my own buzz cut lightning round question that had to be a very obscure person. And I'm sorry. The W goes to Cullum because wow, just, <laughs> just wow. because of that notion alone. I respect the hustle. It's wow. Amen. It, it is a great track. I think it will happen. And I think it will happen. But come on. Come on. Come on. <laughs> I liked it. I thought it was pretty, pretty freaking good. It was good. It was good. Yeah, but good. but, but Cullum had to remind me. Cullum had to remind me. So he swooped in and did that shit. So, and Sahil, you, you just took a fat L again. So I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with you. That's a, yo, that's a suspension. <laughs> that's a technical. You're ejecting. That's a, like, that's like a Cameron Payne right double technical. Exactly. <laughs> Cameron Payne uh, was my original answer, by the way. Yeah, because he was. Because yeah, he, he was. He dances in... and shit a lot. Like, yeah, because he, he does. He dances and shit. Well, again, and again, gentlemen, thank you for everyone for your time and perspective today. Now, let's go with the winner first. Where can they find you at home, Cullum? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, which is curtains one three one zero. Don't ask me why I named it that mistake in my childhood uh instagram is c uh what is it again column.cbear.kiwi yeah something like that that's my instagram you probably <laughs> something like that <laughs> something like that <laughs> no worries bro tanoi where can they find you at home my good friend uh you guys can find me on instagram at tanoi 
KB, TikTok, Tanoi KB, and uh, on Twitter, Tanoi B. Took the K out that time. But, um, Thanks, Tanoi, again for your time today. And we'll hopefully have you on as well soon. Sooner than what we had last time. So, yeah. Um, uh, Sahil, where can they find you? Actually, no, you don't have one. <laughs> no, no, actually, we, we actually, might not need to actually, find I actually have something now. So I, I still don't have a personal Instagram or a Snapchat or anything. But Hurry hopefully up. by the time this podcast comes out, be, I am launching a business within the next month, month and a half. Mm. Um, it's, it's under the name Bowman Dreams. No one knows this right now, actually. You guys are the first people to know. And hopefully by the time the podcast comes out, I have my, my page running up. And it's basically a personalized canvas in drawing. So I do, I do cartoon drawings, di- digital art of like, you know, I do artists, I do NBA players, and I do customized for like people pets and all sorts of things nice so it, it's it's targeted for like everyone like you know family you know significant others you know pets everything right i draw everything right so it, it's 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 like pasted on like these 10 by 10 um canvases where you can like stick on any surface you want without mm-hmm. any need for nails or or, or any of that sort of thing right high quality mm-hmm. images and everything mm-hmm. it's shipped all over canada that's like how i'm starting right now and it's gonna be under the name bowman dreams It'll be on Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, and everything. What? How do you spell it? So Bowman, B-O-W-M-A-N. Yeah. And then Dreams. I'm just looking at it right now. Okay, cool. Yeah. Thank you for your time today as well. I pr- really appreciate it. And please come back with the better fucking buzz cut later. <laughs> you fucking flopped the last two ones so badly. Holy personally, 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 I, I, I was little for the profit hat. The buzz cut lady, yeah, you guys can have, but I'll settle for being the being right about everything. That's yeah, three we'll... that's three wins for me, actually. <laughs> I argue we have the best win. The masseuse. <laughs> <laughs> the masseuse. <laughs> he did. He did. He did. I would have to argue that too. He did. That was a nice one. But again, thank you everyone for taking the time out of your day to join thank us you. on the show today. For our listeners at home, if you enjoyed this pod or have some thoughts on our list or want to submit your own topics you'd want us to listen debate about feel free to follow and hit us up at our ig account at bb shop quintet podcast or email us at bb shop quintet podcast at gmail.com also if you can give us a follow a five-star review on apple pod and subscribe to us on all streaming platforms and let us be your top five of the day cheers <laughs>